This episode of the Major Issues Podcast is brought to you by Comic Book Click at tpublic.com. Take a selfie rocking one of our shirts from TeePublic and use the hashtag CBCWorthy for a chance to win two free tickets to see Captain Marvel in theaters March 8th. Just click the Shop Comic Book Click link in our show notes to make a purchase or follow us on Facebook for more information. Remember, you are worthy. George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don, and if you're listening to this, you could only be here for one reason, and that's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast, brought to you by Comic Book Click, and as always, I am never alone. Sir, please introduce yourself. I am your cloudest Maximus. And he isn't alone. Who else is in the studio today? I am Groot, which is Grootanese for I am Dan, the comic book man, ladies and gentlemen. I didn't even know you spoke Grootanese. Grootanese. They teach it as a curriculum. Hey, it's fancy. It's fancy language for a fancy day. You guys are dressed in your Sunday's best, even though it's not even Sunday, because we are here for the third annual Best of CBC Award Show, dealing with the Best of 2018, and what a year we had. Um, It's funny because I was looking at a lot of these nominees, and um, you know, I was especially looking at the Best Debut nominee, and Mm. I realized almost every single like news report that came out that this is the look of such 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 and such or so and so started a riot every every time that <laughs> yeah. every time that somebody came uh, new to the gate started a riot um some of these nominees um you know stunned the world and changed the way people think about comic books and comic book characters some of these disappointed and uh people expected more from but we're here to talk about the best of the best to come to the comic book uh media genre but most importantly we're here to talk about the people that you guys voted in for the winners of these awards because every single uh, award winner here today was picked by the members of the Click. Ooh, by the beautiful people. Um, and this is the third time we've been doing this. Dan, yep, you were around this, for the first award oh, show. You God, remember that? I remember that first award show. That was we did that on Deadpool video. debuted there. Yeah, Black Panther also debuted. That was 2016's award show. Um, that's when Civil War came out, Batman vs. Superman. We had a lot of stuff We had Punisher winning best fight scene from that prison cell. We saw, think about it. We saw the airport fight and we were like, this is the best Uh, comic book movie it's ever going to get. Like, this is it. How could it ever get better than this? And then they dropped Infinity War on us. And who knows what they're going to drop on us next year. But we're here to talk about all of that. But since I already kind of buried the lead, uh, I think it's important to say that majority of this is going to be spoiler filled. Um, we're going to keep it light. Right, because right, you guys right. still I'm want to be you, as vague as possible. Yeah, we still want you guys to enjoy these pieces of, of media. If you haven't already, uh, you kind of should have though. Yeah, right get now. on. Like, <laughs> you kind of should have. The only one I I, I excuse is Aquaman and um, Spider Verse because they, those came out literally three they, weeks yeah, ago, like a month ago, three weeks ago, four weeks ago. But if you so. haven't gotten on Infinity War yet, I suggest right. If I'm spoiling, not if I'm spoiling Black Panther for you on this, uh, yeah, you might have to. Rec- How did you get to this podcast? There's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of questions I have to ask. About your fandom, your faith, and all that kind of stuff there. But let's get into... Let me uh, loosen up this tie. I'm getting a little bit stuffy. You know, I'm getting um, nervous as I'm holding this envelope here. But, yeah, let's talk about the best debut. And um, 
this uh, is an award that I came out with two years ago when we first started this because I think it's important to talk about the first time a character is able to come to the silver screen. Right. Uh, I and um, initially I wanted to nominate Juggernaut because I was so happy that he finally got his right, just right, due. Right. But Juggernaut makes his debut in X Men: The Last Stand. So it's better for redemption, if anything. Yeah, as it was Vinny, a good redemption as role. Jones. So I found a way to sli- slide the Juggernaut in there. So in dealing with these awards, a lot of uh, things fell through the cracks, and we couldn't name every possible debut. You know, a bunch of people have debuted across the CW shows, Marvel, Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cameos and uh, post credit scenes in 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 film. And, I mean, I guess you can kind of sort of consider all those, but we were really talking about people who had a lot to do, people who... Um, the best of the best. The best of the best. So let's start off with uh, Bullseye, you know, literally Bullseye. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, the character debuted in Daredevil issue 131 in 1976, and uh, I let this guy... I thought he did so good, Wilson Bethel, in Daredevil Season 3 playing Bullseye. I let him slide under the cracks because obviously... Well, it's better than Colin Farrell. We so had the great Colin role. Farrell <laughs> who, who was scarred with a bullseye? With a bullseye on his forehead. How yeah, he has, a bull, he, has, he has like a bullseye thing on his forehead. Do we ever talk about how that got there? Maybe like, he did it people himself. People need to know not, who I am. It's not a tattoo. Well, it's like how probably like how Doctor Manhattan not, put the atom on his forehead. Maybe he oh, had yeah. somebody... I'm not telling and you. And it hurt way I'm more. Not tell- like- <laughs> <laughs> I'm not telling you my name. Cause you're gonna know. By so the my forehead. He's like, my forehead. "Oh my god, this tattoo is killing me." We didn't even color it in yet. Forget it. We're just gonna get just <laughs> the circle. Easy target for the cops if they ever want to, like you know, snipe him out. Uh, easy target. Yeah. Uh, but it's funny. The character um, got a, it rose into prominence in Daredevil season three of being one of Wilson Fisk's, I guess, handymen. I guess cleaners. Hmm. One of Wilson Fisk's cleaners. Um, and the man who played. Wilson Fisk, like I said a million times, uh, Wilson Bethel, he actually tried out to be Captain America before Chris Evans nabbed that role. He has kind yeah, of yeah, an all-American. He's, yeah, he's got the, yeah, well, you know, he's got a cap package going on, that role, you know, yeah. with the hand-to-hand and the marksmanship. And seeing, like, not another team movie and stuff like that, I don't know if I would have said Chris Evans off the bat. Oh, at that time? Yeah. No, he wasn't, he had only a cellular the man has belt. The man has even changed, like, how he stands. Have you ever just, like, seen how Chris Evans, he's, he, he has that that poise. He knows of, who of he a, is. A, he knows a, who he is. A veteran superhero. <laughs> but um, what I liked was that his version of Bullseye, this new version in season three, was much more manic and scary. Like he was. Right. He, we literally saw like a normal man unravel. Like we were just told this was a cop. Next thing you know, we see him stalking people. Next thing you know, we find that he's getting literal literal audio therapy. Yeah, he was uh, quite polarizing. And he just. He just fell and fell and fell, and they would play these musical notes that make it seem like there's like static going on in his head, like he he's not seeing clearly, right, right. clearly You're functioning on a different frequency. Yeah, and it was so obvious about how I mean they literally stated in the in the uh, show, but it's so obvious about how much he needed guidance, how much he needed a what they call a north star on the show, mm-hmm. somebody anybody to tell them you're good. Just keep doing what I say, and and you'll be in my good graces. So we went from a bullseye that just goes ah, bullseye and throws things mm-hmm. and kills old ladies on. Did he kill that old he lady? He killed on a plane? an old lady on a plane because she was talking too much. Plane. She made a choke on a peanut. Killed the guy in the bar. It was the most silent choking death I probably ever seen. Though. He kind of just goes paper clip. Paper clip. The paper was clip the was paper. the bar. Yeah, that was pre- mm. it was pretty cool. The peanut, to watch, but the peanut yeah, was on the plane. Was on the plane. Okay, yeah, yeah. He but bounced it, it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bounced right. off the headboard yeah. right into her mouth. But even in this, we found a way to make the amazing precision that Bullseye normally has uh, look cool without seeming cheesy. The guy's throwing staplers. 
right? At, okay. at, at Matt, he's throwing pens. He's bouncing things off of walls. <laughs> and every time, like, I'm laughing. Giving him no because, time to breathe. I'm laughing not because it was humorous, but because, like, could you imagine death by stapler? Could you imagine death by, you know, That's accurately you placed? Wouldn't be, you wouldn't be able to move everywhere you're getting hit. <laughs> death by accurately placed thumbtack. Like that, you know. Right like, to the back of the head, just yeah, throw a like, coffee mug. So good. And he really made uh, Daredevil season three, I felt. Uh, so I wanted to nominate Wilson Bethel as Bullseye. Another nominee, another uh, debut. We got Josh Brolin in Deadpool 2 bringing Cable to life. Uh, Cable debuting in New Mutants number 87 in March of 1990. So that's what? 28 years? Close to about, 30 years? About. Um, yeah, close to 30 years for the character, but nowhere near the longest that it's taken. I, I'll... I'll Tell you guys what that is in a bit. To live action. Yeah, to yeah. live action. Uh, yeah, Cable. I think I saw Cable for the first time in the animated series. X Men. Yeah, the X Men yeah. animated me too, series. Me too. And I always wonder because he always had um he had the other the 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 light eye you know the yeah, eye like of actual light shining on it. eye there. But they always put like a weird black mas- mascara star <laughs> yeah, around it. Yeah. So I would I never knew if that was his eyelashes or the scar. It's, it's like a scar. So but he's it, winking. But I was like, is he like doing some <laughs> kind of like yeah? Is he like uh putting some makeup on that thing? But yeah, Josh Brolin pulling double duty in 2018. Also bringing, bringing life. to life both great characters, both established antiheroes, villains. However you want to look at Cable. Yeah, and he um he also this is two primarily CGI driven characters. I mean, Thanos is entirely CGI. Well, it's motion cap too. So yeah, and he did good with the motion cap work for Thanos. Like. Yeah, and I like I liked one of our first. I mean, we. It all got blown up, I think, on Entertainment Weekly was the first time we all saw Cable. It was yeah, the one picture, yeah. and it was like, hey, this is an exclusive. The next time we see Cable is that trailer that makes fun of the fact that the special effects aren't done yet. Mm-hmm. And so oh, he, he, has a he green actually arm, has a green, green sleeve yeah. instead of the arm or whatever, which I thought was really, really funny. Uh, not as tall as you would think. No. I mean, is he's Josh even Brolin in, tall, yeah, though? No, even in real life, I think Brolin is kind of yeah, he's probably kind of short. That's uh, ridiculous. People yeah. think he looks kind of tall. I've heard taller people. People want the taller um, cables and Punisher. And and cables built like a house. Yeah, that's true. From, well, the one we're from. Well, oh, the I one, mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. the one drawn by Rob Liefeld, where he he has muscles on top of muscles top of and muscles. then patch up. Uh, I mean, in the cartoon too, muscles. he's built. He's built like a house. Too, now he's had some broad way, shoulders but... in the old animated cartoons. Yeah, I, when I was doing the history for him, you know, Nathan Summers, the which is Cable, he debuted. Um, Earlier, like in the in the mid eighties, and then uh, mid to late eighties, and then Cable, this character comes from you the know, future. From from the future, yeah. And then that's when they start moving in the Deadpool's and start going in that pouches and guns and bullets galore. So it's important that Cable came to here, and um, he was given quite a tragic backstory. His family killed by the hands of Fire Fist. I want to say uh, <laughs> Fire Fire Fist <laughs> killed his family, so he comes back to try to kill Fire Fist. Uh, quite a, a very familiar time travel story, right? Mm-hmm. Have to stop the end of the world by uh, hurting this one person or whatever. So, um, had the techno organic virus. We got to see him shirtless, which I wanted to see for that character, even though that, oh, that sounds weird. <laughs> right, right, right. But you just see, wanted to see the, the, the virus. The way his like, yeah. shoulders was with that Take, metal Taking his arm. body and stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to see how much of the virus has had taken a hold. And um, they did a really good job with that. And even the time travel stuff. We've seen all kinds of time travel with vehicles and wands and all kinds of stuff at this point. Um, this little, like, iWatch, <laughs> Apple Watch thing. That yeah, and he only the... had one left to go back when the deed was done. Yeah. And then they say, isn't that when they say that's lazy writing? Yep. Yeah, <laughs> it's just lazy writing. Yeah, but, um, yeah, Brolin, Brolin at, at least had the 
attitude for it. Right. You know, he wasn't as tall as as he's been drawn before or as big as he's been drawn before, but he definitely had the attitude. Bowden made it seem like that cable was not somebody you wanted to mess with. And at various points, he was able to take it to Deadpool. And, you know, Deadpool's a top assassin. Yeah, put him on his butt. Yeah, he put him on it. Yeah, he definitely did. Um, next, we'll go with Ruby Rose bringing the Batwoman to life on CW's Elseworld crossover. So much controversy behind that. Such fantastic character. It's so crazy. I so, mean, that's why I also like this category. Because some of the characters on here, you would think, never have seen the, would never see the light of day in yeah, live action. It's true. You know what I mean? Um, people went crazy when Batwoman got casted. And Batwoman, I thought, was actually an older character. She debuts in September of 2006 in the book called 52 in issue number 11. Um, and I remember 52 was a story that they told uh, around, I want to say 2006, 2005, where Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman were gone. They all, for various reasons, right. decided they weren't going to be around. And so it's about who else is around and who else is out there. And so this woman randomly appears and she is the Batwoman. And it's about finding out who she is. And you find out she's the cousin of uh, Bruce Wayne. But uh, Ruby Rose endeared a lot of hate uh, and, or endure, endured endeared, <laughs> endured <laughs> a lot of hate for her initial casting as the uh, famously lesbian uh, Kate Kane, a.k.a. Batwoman. The backlash seemed to stem from her not being gay enough. I don't even know what that means. Yeah, I don't know what that means. I have no idea what that even means. But she must enough. have done a, a great job because they ordered the pilot for her. Yeah, she gained all the show. So, she gained all the show. She gained yep. the whole show. Um, the actress came out when she was 12, according to her. So she is not only gay, but I'm assuming if you ask her, she's gay enough. Right. And uh, this is the first time uh, we see a live action version of this character. Um, we, I think she was in Batman Bad Blood. Uh, the animated film. So we got a little bit of Kate Kane in there. But even what we got from her in the Elseworlds crossover wasn't huge. But she had the poise, you know. And the, I, and the slight mystique. I'm really wondering how that suit and that whole gear is going to work like every week, you know, like <laughs> moving around live action yeah. and I stuff think like they that. Can do it. Because they did a lot of cool pose shots. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they move around on those uh, CW shows. They get into big fights, um, and they got to shoot them from all kinds of di different directions and different lighting and stuff. Um, so I, I really want to see what comes of that. But I, I dug it. I dug Ruby Rose's Batwoman. What do you guys think? I thought it was fantastic. I thought she did great. She was like anybody can be, you know, that character if they're good enough. And I think she's good enough to be Batwoman. Yeah, she I has the jawline. I think so. <laughs> I think so too. Because you know all the hullabaloo surrounding Batman and stuff like that. People wanting, clamoring for Batman on, on on TV and stuff like that, or even yeah. in the movies. Um, she, I don't want to say substitute, but um, she, I mean, we've gone so far. She fills her own. She fills and takes her own spot in that. So I'm really, you know, I'm kind of high. Look on how that. much controversy there was behind Ben Affleck as Batman, oh, or, yeah. like, or even Heath Ledger as Joker. You know, I like, don't think there's ever gonna be a a, a Straight away, I dig that for Batman until they get Army Hammer. <laughs> but oh, please, I think no. I think uh, I think for a lot of those characters, characters that have existed for eighty plus years, people are just not going to be not the the entire world is not all going to be set on the same actor when they're chosen. So there is that. Um, yeah. So I, I yeah I dug it. What I was going to say was that we've gone on record of saying here that we think that two thousand eighteen is one of the worst years for Batman in Batman history with mm. with the repeated uh you know stalling of his film with Bat Penis coming out in the comics right that, with that the, was a thing yeah. with the failure and then we called that comic too with the failure of the Bat Wedding um 
you know, and just just all that that's going. On. And then literally Titans comes out with screw Batman, screw Batman. <laughs> yeah. and so it's like <laughs> it's like the, the, he's not doing the best. But and, um, and Dick was the one that said it, right? So it's like this real big push to like where okay, well we know the Bat will push it to the side. So this is their version of that. Like we can't give you Batman, but we can give you Batwoman. And so she still has the you know they have the Bat signal. She's gonna have to have her own little you know Bat bunker where mm-hmm. she has her Bat gadgets and her car and i really want to see when they set up all that stuff but like every time he says bat people oh yeah um think about like that scene of her coming down the elevator all mad and stuff like that mm-hmm. like if she can t- turn around some of this hatred that she's gotten for stuff like this and just put it in the role you know what yeah, I'm saying? capitalize yeah, right. on the hatred put it in the role man put it in the role i know it's easier said than done but uh batwoman likes to beat up a bunch of punks so ruby just think of, the, of those as all your twitter uh, trolls and you should be good what is without a doubt what took the longest to come to live action uh the wasp played mm-hmm. by angeline evangeline lily in ant-man and the wasp uh Who did great in she, a lot of the fighting roles and a lot of the fight scenes that character debuts in uh tales to astonish number 44 in 1963 so we're talking 53 years and one of the founding members of the years? avengers yeah, and one of the founding members of Avengers is like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, literally. The fact that they didn't put Ant Man or the Wasp in the original Avengers team, and they subbed. I mean, I like Hawkeye. I like Black Widow. Yeah, but I mean, I think they should have done Ant Man and Wasp. I like Bro- Hawk- Hawkeye and Black Widow. To me, are only there because the Avengers work for Shield. So right. it makes yeah. sense that Shield has members on that team to kind of make sure, you know. Yeah, but even they don't there. go out. Like you would think that Shield is having them there so they can keep a leash on the Avengers. But yeah. even those two members don't have a leash. You don't have a leash on them. Oh no, yeah. No, Black Widow's always with Captain. Well, she yeah, she kind of traded on. They're the best of the best of Shield. But in they, a sense. but they also found out as per Winter Soldier that they have no job because Shield is right. is Hydra. So I can see yeah. them eventually being like, you know what, screw all this. Um. A lot of people felt like they would have an, a backdoor opening to getting those OG Avengers if both Ant-Man and Wasp would have survived the snap and then they would have showed up with the OGs. Right. But it seems like we only have Ant-Man at this point. Um, that would be cool. So, just imagine like Endgame pops up with like old Hank Pym in, in the pulling the suit. <laughs> Mackay Pfeiffer pulling the suit. As long as show yeah. that old Hank Pym suit. That yeah, old that Hank Pym suit, Hank is, Pym suit terrible. is terrible. The one oh, that he wore yeah. as an oh, old when man. when they show the flashback? No, no. When oh, he, the old, when, when, when he Ant-Man and Wasp. In, yeah, when, oh, he in. when he terrible. decides he wants to go into the quantum realm, he has like this stiff, like terrible. Rinky dink. Yeah. It was Why not? Speaking of suits, that suit, that Wasp suit. No, that Wasp suit was fire. Yeah, it is. How do you feel about it not being clean. the same color? Usually they're a bit mixy, um, mixy, I, I really like it because it, um, like everybody else pointed out, um, it resembles their uh, uh, not their animals, but their insects. <laughs> you know yeah, how Ant Man, Ant Man's look like looks like an sort of like an ant, and hers is more wasp, wasp. I think they were trying yeah. to go like because they already had the how the yellow jacket looked. It looked like a like a like not a ripoff, but it looked like how the yellow jacket outfit from the first one looked. Yeah. With more armor. This one's like a like a blue and yellow. Yeah, blue I um I depending well not really depending on how I feel in the morning, but um I actually think her suit looks better than his. No, I'm uh, saying her suit was I liked her suit. Well, this was or, all this is all just a big tease, right? Because we saw the suit. We right, saw the suit right. in, in the first Ant Man film, and she was in the first Ant Man film, but her role with as the Wasp was definitely teased at the end of that. And so she's given a new suit with different abilities than Scott and things that she he could she could do that he can't like blasters. And we finally get to see her in, in action combat. Yeah, you know, she did a really good saying, job. She did and, a good and, job. 
with combat. Um, I prefer the longer hair. I know we were talking off air. And yeah, I you like the longer hair. I like the short hair. You like the short hair? I would like the shorter hair on her with no problem. But just, just the fact that I got the chance to see Ant-Man and Wasp working together, even if the scenes were short, was still great. It was eye candy for you me. You know what it is? I, I, I always feel like that length looks like a wig. Like, can they ever cut it that short <laughs> and it look I natural? Know, I, know what you, I know what you it mean. It always feels like they put that on someone's head. It, it never feels like... <laughs> and that's why seeing her with long hair, it was like, okay. You yeah, know. but if you're going to be throwing hands, you can't let the bad guys. That's true. Yeah, sure. the pull, day she should have a mask. Hair, you know? so and the wasp kind of sometimes has a pixie cut. Wasp, mm, pixie. There you go. Yeah, yeah, bugs, yeah, yeah. fairies, all that kind of stuff. So that makes sense there. But um, yeah, another strong female Marvel character because they, they haven't really been rolling these guys out. You got Black Widow and Okoye showed up this year, <laughs> you know, yeah. and Scarlet Witch. And that's about it. And we've seen that in Avengers. So <laughs> that that's all we got. So now well, we it's got... It's tragic to think that Captain Marvel is going to be their first female solo film. Yeah. So at least DC has something they don't have. They had Wonder Woman first. Yeah, a lot of people actually thought it was going to be Black Widow. They thought they'd come out with the Black Widow film. But that has been in production like, what, every year? That's in production. That's <laughs> oh, no, it's coming. It's coming. No, but I heard it's actually gotten a bit closer. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, we also have debuting in the Brave of the Bold in 1964, uh, the Titans, and I can't call them Teen Titans because I mean the Titans from DC Universe uh, is Titans, and that's Tegan Croft playing Raven, Brandon Thwaites playing Robin, Anna Diop playing Starfire, and Ryan Potter playing Beast Boy. Um, let's get back on the bandwagon. Let's get back on the bandwagon. A lot of hate when this yeah, came a out. Hate, a lot of hate. A lot of hate. When, when I was, these, I was, def- I was defending out. it. Um, granted, I haven't, I haven't seen a lick because I don't have um, the DC streaming joint. Yeah, neither have I. But the picture that I saw of Rob, Robin was the only one that I thought, wow, he actually looks pretty good. But um, those have that have been fans of the Titans for so long. I've been hearing it's, I've been hearing a lot of good things. I, I watched it. I just want to say that I think that one of the most genius, uh, you know, devices in comic books right now is the idea of multiverse. So once you've once you've sat and you understand that there are different versions of of yourself across all, you know, right. time and space, then every time you see a comic book um, uh, adaptation that doesn't fit 2020 vision well how you see it you just write it off as well in this universe this this is that and so oh yeah because there's so many comics so many stories so many different like the elements like just just because it looks as long as batman's parents died in an alley and that's how he became batman it doesn't matter if he curses or not it doesn't matter if he kills or not because you could just say oh in batman earth 2025 he kills right and so this is this um kind of with everyone knowing these characters and everyone knowing what they're you know, their story beats are, they did a good job of kind of like moving everything around and not making you feel like right. you knew exactly what was going to happen next. I mean, I'm still excited because they said they're getting another season. Yeah. Um, And season one might be coming to Netflix. Yeah. So I might be all over that. And when, you, when you're when talking about checking bo- boxes, you know, Brent, uh, Brenton Thwaites gets in the suit, throws mm-hmm. a, a Robin orang or whatever, it has the, has the um, bow staff, uh, Anna Diop, you know, glows orange at one point and her hair is mm-hmm. covered in fire. Ryan Potter does become Beast Boy and you see him change into an animal and come back green. Uh, and Raven, you see her soul self. So if these are just the things that you were trying to check off mm-hmm. as to whether or not they're your Titans, they do them. 
They're so all it has, the, it has yeah. all the qualifications of what makes the Teen Titans the Teen Titans. Yeah. So then, then it doesn't matter how they look, I guess. Yeah. Well, or people should at least be open-minded you to know, see I want to see a Teen Titans is. from a world that people evolved from corn. Now, that would be a Teen <laughs> Titans. <laughs> Stock of corn, Beast Boy, turns into a carrot. All on a cob. Cob boy. I like that. Uh, last but not least, making his debut in uh, Ultimate Fallout number 4 in August of 2011, we have... Shamik Moore playing Miles Morales in, Sp- Sp- in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, Miles was a fan favorite when he debuted in comics, as you guys know. Yes. The people ripped that uh, book off the shelves. And uh, many attribute his initial um, creation to Donald Glover's viral online marketing campaign to bring an African-American Peter Parker to the big screen. When they were making Amazing Spider-Man, the one that uh, Garfield ends up getting right. the role for... Um, Donald Glover got hip to the fact that they were making it, and he tried to like do this big online campaign of like I should be Peter Parker. All Peter Parker has to be is a geek, right? And, right, right. And, and I'm a, a geek. teenager. <laughs> that's it. And I can he's, do that. He's not wrong. Um, I may get this wrong, and I'll probably be corrected if I do, if I if I am. But I heard that somewhere in that Sony contract, it's stated that Peter Parker needs to be white, and mm. a man, and a man at all times, a white a white male. man. Uh, yeah. Um, but. I mean Peter Park. The name Peter Parker. I want to say. Exactly I want to say. I want to say the person minority, that. I want to say the person that wrote that is in the, uh, into the into, into the, the contract. contract was was a big fan of the animated series. Yeah, back that's then. So that, that probably I, was, I, I can't be mad at that in a sense, you know. Because uh, even though I do have Miles, but so I can't be, you know. Yeah, and you well, know no, even... those things. It doesn't have to just because Spider Man could be black or Spanish or a woman doesn't mean their name has to be Peter Parker. Right. Give us a, a you know a Rob Thomas and make him Spanish. Well, Amazing him... Spider Man come Amazing Spider Man one comes out what two thousand twelve, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So then you got to think that they're storyboarding and 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 casting in 2010 ish mm-hmm. to film in 2011 to get it out by 12, right? So, you know, even though Donald Glover was unsuccessful in getting the role, uh, comic book uh, writer and creator uh, Brian Michael Bendis um, used his likeness, and there's even an episode of Community where he's wearing Spider-Man pajamas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have not seen this. I know you're a big community fan, Dan. Yeah, no, yeah, around season four or five. So he was trying to, even then, like let put it into the world that, hey, I want to be Spider-Man. <laughs> I would love to see him as as, as a Peter Parker, like an older Miles Morales. I'll take an older Miles Morales yeah. as long as I have Well, him. he ended up, now he's in, he's in he's, the universe. He voices Miles he's, Morales, yeah. He's um the uncle of Miles Morales yeah, he, in the MCU. In oh, MCU. in the MCU? Yeah. The in the MCU, Ma- he's the uncle Is of Miles his last Morales. name Morales in, in Homecoming? No, because their last names are not together, not the same in the. But it's just stated either. that that yeah. he's like I got a I got a nephew. I got a nephew that lives in this oh, neighborhood. Yeah, you know, okay, you know, I don't want it to be too dangerous. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. No, nope, you're a criminal. Bye, yeah. criminal. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, they took the inspiration from Donald Glover, and this comic comes out in 2011. So while they're spinning up the yeah. to, to make this Emma Stone Andrew Garfield epic, they just come out in the comics and go, "Well, we wanted to do it this way, so this is the way now it exists in the comics," and so boom. Um, the TV, the character has been adapted for TV. He's a- appeared in the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon, but he's never been adapted to uh, the silver screen. And so Shamik Moore brings um, him into this. And this Shamik Moore is, I think, most notably known for Dope. But I think he was also oh, in... Oh, yeah, um, he's the kid in Dope. I Now I know his, because his name yeah, sounded familiar. And I was like, he's yep, in Dope, I'm... and he's also in the Get Down, if you've seen that. Well, nope, um, he's Spider-Man now. But now he's, he's Spider-Man. This guy's like, you... that guy's like probably in his mid-20s now, but he's... 
Yeah. He got that 14 year old voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a fantastic ass animation. He's got that 14 year old voice down pretty well. I I believed everything he said, even when he was fumbling his Spanish. Yeah. When he was nervous, when he was upset. I uh, did a real good job, and I, he's not known for his voice acting. Maybe mm-hmm. at th- this is going to be what what moves that to the forefront, and his success in the role may move Miles to the forefront. May yes. get Miles more. Um, That's definitely happening right now. Get Miles more before our eyes. But it's now time to name the best Ooh. debut of 2018, and the winner. Oh, let's see what the fans chose here is. Miles Morales, yeah. <laughs> Morn into the Spider Verse. It was a good, it was right. a good movie. It was All a good right. performance. And again, it goes without saying, and I'll say it now, so I'll never have to say it again. Um, just because other things didn't win doesn't mean that they weren't great. Right. Uh, this just won the popular vote. Miles Morales is popular, and that makes me feel so happy. Yes. I'm so happy I to like know Typhoid Mary to have been at least like a like, at least that's another brushed character. off into that's a nomination because another... I thought Alice Eve for the way she is. She brought to she did a fantastic job. She's, I was actually just thinking about her today. She was not used. I'm not used to seeing Alice Eve in such like a demanding badass role. And she had to bounce between being like a sensitive. Yeah, no, you she know, handled the split and... personality thing really well. So, yeah. but Miles Morales, congratulations because this is a character everybody wanted to see. Yeah. I'm glad that we got a chance to see it, and hopefully, the success of of Into the Spider Verse will give them incentive to write him in in the MCU. Yeah, let's get it. The more, the merrier, and um. I think Miles is the, besides probably Wasp, is the person who had the most spotlight on them in their specific uh Oh, no, yeah, that movie was definitely Wasp. Um, Titans had spotlight on them, but you're constantly moving. Moving. From different, uh, the perspective of different characters, whereas we never really ever leave Miles. Well, see, that's why it's in, hard to really, like, yeah. like, see who is the shining light of a team, because you're trying to pay attention to the whole team right. as a whole. You're not trying to think of it as just a group of people that don't like to work together. That's why, you know, eh, let's not well, I definitely, go, let's ha- I definitely had to put them on here to acknowledge the fact that finally they've made it. Right, right, Real right, people right, are right, playing right, right. Even on TNT, it went through development hell before yeah. it got picked up onto the streaming service. And they kind of dropped the idea of, re- of live action in general with Robins since the... Um, uh, Chris Bam- O'Donnell? Batman and Robin. We haven't seen a live action Robin on screen. Oh, so you're saying and right here for, then, for the fans that uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt doesn't count? He doesn't count. I do not count that. And if you <laughs> count that, I don't count you. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just joking. But yeah, one award down, six more to go. But thanks, Mr. Miles Morales, because you, you're definitely killing it there. Uh, let's go with best fight of 2018. Uh, nominee number one. The Warriors Falls fight between Black Panther and Killmonger. Let me set the stage for you. Oh, that's a that's a right good here. fight. Uh, with the country's biggest enemy, Ulysses Claw in tow, Eric Stevens, aka Killmonger, walks straight into the Wakandan throne room and challenges T'Challa for the mantle of king. Turns out that Killmonger is secretly T'Challa's cousin, whose father was killed by T'Challa's father decades ago. The current king accepts Stevens' challenge after it's revealed that he has royal blood and has a right to the throne should he win. The two battled it out at the ceremonial warrior falls, and after killing his trusted advisor Ziri, uh, Killmonger gets the upper hand and tosses the king off of a cliff. And <laughs> oh, it's <laughs> first of all, I'm just fashion. I'm just gonna point out Killmonger's urgency because they said the ceremony took would take days, and he yeah. didn't need days. He, was like, he just nah, needed him. I 
don't need I, everybody. You don't got to invite everybody. You just do. Who, who want to come? Yep. Raise your hand if you want to. Now. If you want to come, we're going to go now. We're going. Bat signal, like Black Panther signal. Like everybody get to the falls now. That's it. If you can go, just be there. That's it. I think it literally was just the like it was T'Challa's family and the Dory Milaje were the only ones at the yeah. and Zuri were Missouri, the only ones yeah. there. None of the other tribes showed up because they didn't have time for none of that. But uh, yeah, um, Warrior Falls, man, definitely made you realize that Killmonger was nothing to mess with. Yeah, because in the um, in the early in the movie, you see him fighting Baku. Yes, and I also think that's a very that could be right up there with this. Um, all that um, no suit. Cracking yeah. his head, no armor. The Umbaku's fight and the thing about the Killmonger fight is they they were two different levels of holy hellness. Like yeah, I feel so, I feel I feel so too. Um, he was probably on the same level with um with um Black Panther as um because he he mashed him, not even mashed him. He, he kind of like squashed him. <laughs> yeah, and don't forget that. Don't forget that. Um. We saw the grace, I guess you would say, of T'Challa because he, when he got Umbaku down, he told him like, "Yield, I don't want to kill yield, you." Yeah, yeah, I don't have, I don't want to have to kill you. I don't want to have to kill you. So you, right then and there, he lets you know that he has mercy. Mm-hmm. Whereas Killmonger was like, "I think he's dead." Well, off the cliff, and <laughs> and so the grab, the gravity of the situation was much bigger. Right. Um, what I like about that fight was every time there was a crushing blow to. T'Challa from Killmonger, they cut back to each member of his family. They cut to his mom every the time he got punched. Yeah. He got they they cut it to his sister. They cut to Suri. Like it was and even and even all the literal cuts, all the times that he got slashed, right. the sound effect yeah. of it, you would feel it. It's like I'm losing. This. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, even no, though the editing it, was great. still I think still watching uh, this, still like oh yeah, you get you and know? the thing is, it's like multiple shots of like shots to the rib, then to the thigh. You know, cut, cutting mm-hmm. off the ankle, and then a punch to the face. Like so quick, so and very he'd, strategic. He said he trained his whole his, his whole, whole life, life for that. Yeah. Like he well, his whole life for that moment. So it goes without saying he probably shouldn't make sure the job was done though. But besides <laughs> that, uh that's what got Killmonger and Black Panther's fight at Warrior Falls nominated. But now we'll go into the second nominee, Thanos versus the Avengers on Titan. Um let me set the stage. Lord have mercy with that fight. I think this probably has the best stage setting because it's at this point that Star Lord well, the Guardians of the Galaxy minus Groot and Rocket, mm-hmm. um, and, and Gamora, Gamora. <laughs> and Gamora. So Drax, Drax and Mantis, is that Drax? Drax, Mantis, Mantis and Star Lord. Yeah, Drax, Mantis and Star Lord uh, meet up with Tony, Doctor Strange, and Spider Man, and they've all come to the conclusion that Thanos is coming. He's on his way. Mm-hmm. He's coming back to Titan, and their best bet is to come up with some kind of plan or some sort of offense to get him when he when he does show up. But when he does show up. Only Doctor Strange is there, and he they those two go at it a little bit with mm-hmm. some kind of like smart anarchy comments. Of words, yeah. You know, he was given the backstory of his uh, home planet. Yeah, and they those two exchange some uh, thing before the uh, signal is had, mm-hmm. and everything kind of just goes out of control. Um, we see team ups we've never seen before. We've seen uh, people use their powers in cool ways we've never yeah, seen it before. Like Spider Man saving everybody. That was yeah. a party. Spider Man in the Iron Spider suit. Uh, Mantis using her powers to try to subdue Thanos. Uh, even Drax getting some cool shots in. It was the, magic, really. The cloak is in the fight. Yeah, the cloak is his hand. The cloak is before he rips it off. Cloak, yeah, that cloak was in the fight. You know, he uh, trying to stop him from closing his the hands. The only one that was not in that damn fight was Nebula, except for one little move. What she throws a plane into him, and then that's yeah. it. 
That's it. She I crashes into him, and then you don't see her for the rest of the fight. I think the two, obviously, Thanos is the MVP of that fight, but I think the two biggest MVPs of that battle are Tony Stark and Doctor Strange. Definitely. I was definitely um, thinking the same thing. Cause relentless. Uh, literally, like, their response time was amazing. Yeah. They were relentless, and the they always had an answer for what was going on. And there's a lot of times where what was going on, I'd just be like, Take me, whatever. <laughs> Did he just break a moon and throw it? I'm done. I'm over. Just I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to have this fight. Stark anymore. being ballsy. The, the, the fight between uh, Doctor Strange and Thanos was amazing because he was throwing the mirror dimension into him, and Thanos was turning that into a black hole. He, Strange yeah. was turning a black hole into butterflies. Yeah, like, they're throwing yeah, glass yeah, yeah. at each other, throwing into butterflies. Tony um, taking the, the hands bands to of, him. Yeah, the bands of Sidorak you see him use and turn into a, a million versions of Strange, uh, versions of Strange, which was really cool. I'm um, seeing. Seeing the the suit try to recuperate as it's being yeah, taken as off, it's being taken off, was pretty cool. But I love um, how like when he when he had like the millions of strangers around him, like he used the soul stone and the power stone to just punch the real version of Strange. And the editing where each stone was lighting up every time he was using it was just great. Like he was using the rea- the, the space stone and the power stone to throw the moon. Yeah, I like that. that's fantastic. Yeah, and just all and all the ways that he was able to incapacitate everybody. Eventually, he ends up uh, getting the better hand of Tony Stark, and the, he basically leaves with what he came for, the Time Stone. And uh, that is basically the uh, Thanos versus the Avengers on Titan. My whole theater experience with that movie, everybody was just screaming when Tony got stabbed. And it was, it's a big scene, but I guess Tony, at the end of the day, made him bleed. And I love that. Out of everybody that fought him, he was the only one to make him bleed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. All that for a just like the only right? like Cap being able to hold his glove while having six stones. Punched him square in the yeah. Well, he held face. his glove when he had six stones. That's just as impressive. Like, yeah. those two men are crazy. I can't wait for uh, the battles that will be unfolding in Avengers Endgame. Uh, I'm not. I'm still not ready. We got Colossus versus Juggernaut. Two CGI, big CGI, big CGI fight coming <laughs> right up. Oh my god! <laughs> big, Just because you say there's a big CGI mess coming up doesn't excuse the fact that it's a CGI mess. But it was fun. I had to throw in Juggernaut in something. I think mm-hmm. that 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 character portrayed that way, the only way we've ever known him, uh, deserves some kind of the helmet accolation. was done correctly. I don't know yeah. how you mess with the helmet he on X Men Three. Deadpool in half, and yeah, that's what does. Juggernaut should do. I'm gonna rip you in half now, and then he just rips him in half. <laughs> what? <laughs> Um, it's like why wow, I've always imagined you would be running at me with fits of rage in your eyes. Yeah, and he, he, he was like he was fanboying for him. He was like naming the issues that he was in and all that kind the of stuff. Juggernaut. Yeah, I thought that was really really cool. And um, Ryan Reynolds brings that to life. But to see Juggernaut go against Colossus, that's straight out of the comics. And we got to see the weird. Didn't he electrocute his ass? To yes, like that was yes, he so did. But there was weird. also like but they were also hitting hitting each other with stuff. At one point, he um, it looks like uh, I think Juggernaut grabs the fist of of uh, Colossus and just like yeah, snaps it, his wrist. Yeah, yeah, the metal snaps, yeah. like the metal you cracks and yeah. and stuff like that. So I just thought like the the physiology of all of it was really weird. Fighting dirty. And yeah, the idea that he was fighting dirty <laughs> and the song in the background was hilarious. Oh, uh, bad, badass motherfucker. Yeah, like that. you can stop him. So <laughs> hilarious, so good. Uh, that, that, there isn't much stage to set with that. But let's go into nominee number three, Miles Morales, a.k.a. Spider-Man versus the Kingpin, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. So you have Miles. He's finally allowed the rest of his um, group of merry men and women and pig, uh, go back to their various dimensions, and that leaves him with Kingpin face-to-face. Kingpin, irate that all his plans are going 
well, to crap, um, is is motivated to kill another, another Spider-Man, Spider-Man. <laughs> another Spider-Man <laughs> after getting his hands dirty earlier in the film. Um, this Kingpin is a Kingpin we like we've never seen. He's huge. He's throwing yeah. vehicles. He is stronger than we've ever seen, bigger than we've ever seen, and now in this case, angrier than we've ever seen. And yet, Miles, we've seen at every point, is young inexperienced and way in in way over his head and he has to do what he can to to uh defend against this monstrosity that is the kingpin but what ultimately happens is he hears his father try to encourage spider-man to get up and one rule is spider-man always gets up up. and so to make sure and solidify that he is the one true spider-man he does get up and is able to use um a little bit of family magic to uh hey (laughs) <laughs> to uh to get Kingpin out. I mean he doesn't kill the guy, but definitely uh, you know, gives him a shock for the system and uh sees the day. I uh I really, really liked that scene. I really liked I liked that whole movie, to tell you yeah, the truth. Yeah. And everything that they were able to do for the Spider Man mythos. Um, but it was cool for them to make Kingpin scary again because Kingpin is definitely scary in the Daredevil's oh, no, Daredevil season. In the three. animated in the nineties animated cartoons, he looked huge. And Kingpin's yeah, been around Kingpin yeah, Kingpin has been being thrown around this year. Yeah, quite, he's he's quite been quite all over this year. So. Um, so this is just a section of, 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 of his awesomeness that we see as far as Miles and Kingpin, Kingpin is concerned. Oh. Woo. Uh, woo. Uh, another awesome fight. We got Arthur Curry and Mira versus the, I call the Aqua Guards. <laughs> and, and Black Manta. And Black Manta. Uh, we are in Rome, in Italy, hanging out. Mira's mm-hmm. eating flowers. I don't know why she's she's weird, but eating flowers. <laughs> she's I'm eating glad roses. I out on seeing this movie. Yeah, she's eating roses. There's a bunch going on, but um, things seem all nice, romantic, and mm-hmm. everything. But just like several other points in this film, an explosion happens in the background, and all of a sudden, the uh, armed guards of Atlantis are there. And not only are they there, but Black Manta is there for the first time in, in uh, live action history. Uh, he is there in an awesome suit and all the Atlantean guards have all these weird cool suits that they're managed to keep water inside the suit yeah. so they can breathe and stuff. The aqua packs. We see a couple cool tracking shots of the of Yeah, them. I was just about to say that the transitional shots for that for that fight was A1. Watching them track, you know, running after Mira and busting through concrete walls and through roofs, I thought it was amazing. And then watching the amount of damage that Black Manta was able to get on Arthur Curry was mm-hmm. really, really cool because at that point, nothing really affects Aquaman. Nothing really hurts him. Nothing really, you know, you may push him to the side a little bit, but he was like knocking him out at various points. Mm-hmm. Um, they bo- Both sides seem pinned down before some ingenuity without spoiling it uh, helps them save the day. Uh, Mira is able to use her aquakinesis and Aquaman is just able to use his brain and those two are able to subdue Aquakinesis. Their... You're going to have to put a patent on that word. Aquakinesis. You have, to, you have to trademark that word there. Aquakinesis. That was hilarious. Uh, yeah, they, they use their various strengths to get over uh, the baddies and uh, seize the day. So that definitely deserves to be nominated. And last but not least, the second time he makes it to this list, Kingpin versus Bullseye versus Matt Murdock in Daredevil Season 3. The triple threat. The very last... The meat uh, and potatoes of that show. Like the, I think the whole entire show built up to that kind of... like, Even if they would have thrown Punisher in there with Punisher, Bullseye, and Matt Murdock, the fact that those, even those three men together are fighting yeah, um, is just fantastic. I guess, yeah, to set the stage... Fisk is uh, is trying to have a public wedding and trying to have everybody uh, come by while he marries Vanessa. And uh, Bullseye, who's had just enough of Wilson Fisk's crap, shows up in the Daredevil outfit to kill him. 
to call him out and kill him because um, he is he has realized that um, Fisk has been playing him this whole time. So who's there to save Wilson Fisk from Bullseye of all people? But Matt Murdock. Matt Murdock shows up and it literally becomes a triple threat with all three hitting each other at mm-hmm. various points uh, using their various skills and just like seeing the blood on Wilson Fisk all white suit, seeing... Um, what Wilson Fisk is able to do with a man <laughs> when he <laughs> picks him up. He literally picks up a man and runs him as fast as he can into the corner of a yeah. wall, cracking his cracking spine, his putting his spine in, in twine, and uh, literally causing a man to be a paraplegic. Yeah. And then Matt holding in his anger to not kill, to not kill yeah. Kingpin, Kingpin and uh, just emote and announce that he's won, that he, Matt Murdock, has won. I thought that was. Really I feel good. like he had to say that out loud. Yeah. So that way he could at least get it out of his system. And Charlie Cox, you know? what a fantastic Matt Murdock slash Daredevil. If I this think... is the end of this, I, you can't really ask for anything better. You uh, know. I, oh yeah, you, I will yeah, agree with you on that one. If this, if this is the end of seeing these actors play this character under Drew Goddard, then what a fantastic way to go out. Yeah. And that show has never skimped on its action scenes, you know. Uh, yeah, not even well, in, in the slightest. That's why I understand its cancellation because it never, to me, did bad. It seemed to only get better as each season progressed. Two words: Disney Plus. That's true. Even though I don't know if Plus is a word. <laughs> oh, that's not what they're calling it. No, they're calling it Disney Plus. Oh, okay. Plus. <laughs> but I think it's, it's going to be a plus sign. Yeah, it's the plus. It's, it's the plus, plus sign. Yeah, that is ridiculous. Yeah, I think it's a Disney Plus sign, but. Let's see what won the best fight of 2008. The winner is the Avengers versus Thanos on Titan. Mm. Oh, man. The party. Thanos getting the first (laughs) stone of the awards tonight. In his gauntlet. Thanos has gotten one stone in his gauntlet. Um, But, yeah, I mean... I don't think any other fight on this list has the uh, scope, the, the just the big, yeah. like the like right. the scope and stuff, and what they were able to do with special effects. Like we used to watch these movies and just be happy that they look like they supposed to look in the comics, or at least or have a good kind dialogue, of, and it's not boring. But. Yeah, but this like multiple versions of Strange, Spider Man hopping out of dimensions, uh, you know, Star Lord jumping off of Strange's little it was, portal wall. It was definitely like, all over the place, but. Something that's all over the place that's was and they visually ma- freaking pleasing. They managed you know? to make a seven on one not seem jarring, and that's the most important thing. Not only did everybody get to shine within their two or three seconds on screen, but it's it's just that seeing them all on top of him trying to get the glove off and not being able to do it is just great. And then seeing just and had eventually the wiping the floor with everybody. Yeah, and, <laughs> and you know it did get pretty close, and a lot of people still have a very. Strong resentment towards Star-Lord for that. I say Star-Lord did nothing wrong because Nebula, during that whole fight, did nothing to help try and get that glove off. Didn't even try and get Star-Lord back. She could have easily grabbed his arm. Did nothing. No one wants to talk about it. She was just getting there. Yeah. That's a pop. She was she just watching. She was she watching. Has, she had her popcorn out. She has a complicated uh, history with that man. So I, 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 I let her pass for that. Time for award number three, the best TV show, comic book TV show of 2018. The nominees are Daredevil Season 3. When Wilson Fisk is released from prison, Matt Murdock must decide between hiding hiding from the world or embracing his life as a hero vigilante. Really dug Daredevil Season 3. Brought Daredevil back to the, literally back to to the all black. Back from the dead. Back from the dead, back in the black. um, And back to basics. Right, his his rise in that whole show was 
definitely something to behold. That's a roller coaster of emotions for this show, man. <laughs> yeah, it is. You see them. He actually does fall from grace and multiple mm-hmm. times. He curses God. He um he pushes his friends away. He really, you know, is self-destructive at a certain point in this just because he doesn't understand where he fits with this vigilante life and mm-hmm. what's actually going and on in the world. that is awesome. To, just to see the struggles and the adversities that these characters go through instead of just, oh, I had this accident once and now I'm just going to be the hero that everybody needs. Yeah, and, right. No, I want to see these people be like, these people don't need me. I'm in the news as a criminal. The cops are after me. Why There's am I helping? There's a lot of that in this yeah. season. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, why should I help you? Like, why should I help anybody? I feel it, and I love it all. Yeah, he definitely had to figure it out all over again. So. We got the cool inclusion of a, of a new character called Agent Nadim, and through him, we're able to see how Wilson Fisk is able to turn everything around mm-hmm. and have the FBI in his pocket, the CIA in his pocket, all these kinds of people in his pocket. So I thought I think that that's pretty cool and Vincent D'Onofrio just tears it up as oh, Kingpin a, oh man oh my god I, I'm so glad that Kingpin had a redeemable actor like, I, like Michael Clark Duncan rest in peace was a phenomenal actor just it wasn't King. His dialogue wasn't written. He didn't get the stake. Yeah, he didn't get the stake right, to play right. with. You know, he didn't get like something to really chew on and really make it his. That was more ab- about being. Ben he just Affleck's seemed like movie. any other. Yeah, he just seemed like any other mob boss. He just seemed like any other criminal. He didn't seem like the kingpin. So yeah. D'Onofrio mm-hmm. coming here with the bald head and the white suit and the gi- like. Not that he's built. He's fat. And that's what I love in my kingpin. <laughs> yeah. I love my kingpin guy. to be fat. And but bald. they even show him in season two, like pumping some yeah, weight and getting, you know. Oh, that doesn't mean out. he's not strong. No. Yeah. Like Fisk can definitely throw tables at you. I remember in the cartoon he was throwing tables at Spider Man. I think this is the actual, actual, you know, the actual, you know, um, like the first time we actually see the kingpin of crime. You know, tearing through stuff because he has his hands in everything. Everybody's threatened. Everybody's on the payroll. No, the pot. Yeah, his reach was his reach was far. Yeah, dude. it was out of control. Um, he did a great, great, great job. So phenomenal there. Yeah, we got Luke Cage season two, uh, where Cage becomes a hero and a celebrity in Harlem after clearing his name, only to face a new threat in Bushmaster. Bushmaster Bush shows up galore over here, just tearing through everybody. But we also have this weird, twisted relationship between him and Mariah, where. Bushmaster is hell-bent on killing Mariah. Stokes. Mariah Stokes. And um, Luke Cage refuses to let Bushmaster kill Mariah. But Mm -hmm. a lot of people are telling Luke, like, you probably should just Just let let it happen. Yeah. (laughs) In the same way that Batman should probably just kill the Joker and then there would be no more death. But then Batman doesn't want to break his one rule to then... I guess so then... Luke Cage is a church boy, you know? He, He doesn't even like saying curses. But it was Merry weird, like, because she, Christmas, she was Christmas. there, like, Sweet Christmas, that was it. yeah, she's there, like, I know you're going to save me because you're just a good guy. And right, right, right. Do. And that hurt him to hear that because he's like, I don't want to be that predictable. Like, I am thought I was doing this for good reasons, but if I'm just helping bad people get off, then what's the point? Which is kind of smart because well, she kind of taking advantage of that, you know what I mean? Yeah, she so. did take advantage. She used, she used, she used them. Um, yeah, let's talk about Titans season one. Uh, when Dick Grayson and Raven require assistance to deal with a plot that threatens the entire planet they join forces with starfire and beast boy to form the titans i'll tell you right now they never call themselves titans i'm i don't know if they ever consider themselves an official team mm. uh so that's their that's, that's that too oh, great another okay. fan four stick element like I'm no it didn't end with and we should call ourselves and then it just like the way the, the first avengers went the way the the, the third tra- fantastic four went the way uh one of the x-men went where they they're a team because they're forced to be a team I don't really like 
seeing teams that are forced to be a team. I want to see people come together because you have the skills I don't have or you have the necessary tools that I need and we can work together because we're both good guys. I like seeing good guys come together because, hey, you have the meat, I have the potatoes, let's make this meal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this, it does feel a little bit um, ham-fisted how they get together, but you know they're going to, so you're right, right, just right. trying, so you just put that trying to get side. past that. They're already established stuff. characters in the, like, when the season one starts, it's not like you're seeing their origins. They're already established heroes. No, all heroes. of them, but I want to say Raven, you're you're seeing Ravens for the most part. Mm-hmm. Oh, then that's not, that's not too bad. As long as they're, like, already established characters in their universe, I don't mind. I don't want to see an origin story. Okay. Yeah, no, yeah, I get it. Um, they they did real good things with these guys, but they also do like really good things. Where like Hawk and Dove is in this show. I heard, I heard uh, about that. Um, I've seen pictures of them and stuff too. Uh, uh, Jason Todd is on this show. Hmm. Um, as Red Hood or just like, as Robin? As as a Robin. Oh, as so Robin. That, and wow. as Ro- as a Robin, like, bro, why are you so stressed? Like, right. He lets me drive the That's Batmobile. Okay. Like one of those kind of <laughs> pretty weird. Yeah, it's pretty. I dig it. Um, so we get to see some of that. Uh, you know, I I think that they really starting to find their footing, and as, considering it's the first show on their service, it'd be mm-hmm. like the first ever show on Netflix. You know what I'm saying? Like, how in the how good the first ever <laughs> Netflix oh, so original like show? How, how Daredevil had all the had all the attention, yes. and all the expectations yeah, yeah. Exactly. on that. Exactly, that's exactly what that is. Something that flew a little bit below the radar: Cloak and Dagger season one. Uh, in New Orleans, teenagers Tandy and uh, Tyrone come from different backgrounds and have acquired superpowers after a life changing event revolved around the collapse of the Roxxon Golf platform. As the relationship unfolds, they soon realize that their powers work better when they are together. But their feeling, their feelings for each other. Already make things complicated in a world that's getting more challenging. Um, this was kind of a young adult sort of show. I saw a couple episodes and I really dug mm-hmm. it. Um, I think that it's going in a pretty cool direction, and um, you know, I hope they get a season two. We Coke and Dagger is not really known all that much. Well, see, mm-hmm. I, I know them from the Runaways because they, they and that's from seeing them appear in the the graphic novel Runaways. I started reading more up on them, and that's why when they said that they were going to do a Cloak and Dagger show, I was hyped. To see this, but to see them as teens, it's like uh, maybe I'll check in in season three or four if it goes that long. Maybe I'll wait till they're adults to watch. Yeah, and it. they're also they're also on what streaming service are they on? Freeform. Hmm. So I that's say, Hulu. Or Hulu. So that'd be Hulu. Interesting. Because that's could... a that's a that's another thing. I'm I gotta get my streams up. Yeah, you gotta have. <laughs> I mean, to catch you know everything, I mean? bro. At this point, you gotta have. Yeah, you have to have every every service. It's right. a lot. Yeah, no, it's pretty jarring that you have to like, or have like fifteen streaming services to watch everything you want to watch. But I think I think uh, if you guys have a chance, give it a shot. It definitely feels like something different. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. If it felt like the same old operatic show, it wouldn't even be on this list. But I think uh, people should give Cloak and Dagger yeah, season so you, one a you, shot. So it deserves its spot on. Yeah, yeah you I mean, can catch so Cloak and Dagger good. on. Uh, it's also Hulu. it's also one of so. the highest rated. Um, and I don't know this is not really the metric for anything, but the highest uh, IMDb rated. Um, one of the highest IMDb rated shows hmm. for, as far as the comic book genre is concerned. Coming back for her third season, Supergirl season three, in this third season of uh, of the show, Supergirl is struggling with the loss of her former lover, uh, Mon-El, after, she's for- after he's forced to depart Earth. He shows back up from the future, introduces all of the Legion of Superheroes, um, and Kara tries her best to focus on just the Supergirl alter ego while also facing a new threat. And uh, Martian Man, Martian Man Hunter <laughs> discovers his father is still alive. Plus, Alex and Kara unbeknowingly befriend a Kryptonian survivor uh, called Rain, and she gives Supergirl quite a wallop. 
Um, it was a good season of Supergirl. I think it was better than two, but not better than one. I mm. really like season one of Supergirl. That says that says something to me because season two was real. Eh. But all last year's CW shows, Supergirl's the only one nominated. Right. All last year's CW shows went to hell. I don't know what happened last year, but I do know what happened last year. It was the showrunner. Andrew Kreisberg. Was it Andrew Kreisberg? I don't want to say. I think it's Ryan Andrew Kreisberg. Uh, he got caught up in all that Me Too stuff. Oh, yeah. And so he that got was, pulled. Um, that was sort of like a thing. So right? yeah. the showrunner went, it's like all villain. the magic. And He's a villain, and so half of went. him went, and then they had to kind of patchwork everything, and because of that, we got less of our shows because of, the, of it. That's so, what we like. <laughs> so I figured like, Supergirl rarely gets nominated for stuff, so I throw her in there. But last but not least, the other uh, the other CW show that's on this list and making its debut, um, Black Lightning Season 1. High School mm. Principal impressive Jefferson. first season, though. Yeah. Let's go. Like, I knew nothing about this character, so it was an impressive first season. Or even my grandmother was... I caught my grandmother watching this, like, the on watching a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so you got... High school principal Jefferson Pierce suits up once again as Black Lightning to save his daughters Anissa and Jennifer from trouble. In doing so, he breaks his promise to his ex-wife to retire from being a superhero for good. But what Jefferson intended to be a one-time stint, however, becomes a full-time return into wearing the cape when he learns that he and his family are being targeted by the criminal organization that calls itself the 100 and the shadowy government agency called the ASA. So the majority of this show deals with the fact that there's a shadowy organization that years ago experimented on black children to try to find out if they can give them powers and mm. then they had to freeze some of them. It's like a weird ass Tuskegee experiment. Exactly, shit. yeah. It's pulling from real life uh, stuff to no, try to No, that's a Tuskegee a, experiment. Yeah, with yeah. the hepatitis and syphilis yep. and all that kind of stuff there, yeah. So, um, and it plays a lot into all that kind of stuff and how, you know, poor neighborhoods, people not looking for those people and what's happened to them. But we find out that Jefferson is one of the people that was um, you know, experimented on as a kid, mm-hmm. and that's why he has his powers. Um, they just weren't able to get their hands on him to freeze him up, and uh, dealing with what what the fallout is of all that. Black Lightning is back. Why is he back? Um, Black Lightning's back. You got Tobias Whale as the villain. As the villain, uh, who's playing an albino? He is playing around. He is an albino, mm-hmm. but it's weird because they they play him with a level of self hatred. Right, like he doesn't like black people. But all his features are black, but his skin is white because he's all black. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, and so they have this weird kind of cool, like, self-hatred thing going on where, like, you don't even know who you are in your own skin, but mm-hmm. you're out here saying N-word to this and N-word to that. Uh, so I thought that was pretty cool. I, um, besides that, I think the soundtrack is pretty cool. And uh, it's cool to see two young black women as heroes. Right, like, right. that doesn't really happen anywhere. No, I mean, if, really, it definitely resonates with, with, ur- with the urban community. Yeah, mm-hmm. it does. I think the last black female superhero we had was Catwoman. Yeah, and Storm. We don't, we don't Played by the same woman. We don't talk about... You don't talk about Cat, Catwoman? Catwoman. Shh. Halle Berry. <laughs> Halle Berry. Halle Berry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah. But let's get this... Let's grab this envelope. Let's... Yeah, uh... But, yeah, we got to find out what is the best TV show for 2018 and the winner is... <laughs> Daredevil season three. Ooh, Matthew, 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 Matthew. Congratulations. Winner, winner, Daredevil. chicken dinner. Matt could have won this with his eyes closed. Oh, because I, I personally, <laughs> I loved season two. Yeah. I thought season two was a vast impression. A See, vast... well, you know what's weird? I did not like season two. I didn't yeah. like the ninjas. Yeah. Really? I was tired. I was tired of like. Come on, right? You I was, like no, season I was two, tired right? that all of this was. I was tired <laughs> that all of this was going. That was the best part of it. Yeah, right. You cut that season in half. That right. whole side is good. All the electro lovey dovey black sky stuff, I'm not a fan of it. It just like 
the mythology. Let's talk about the chaste and let's talk about the hand and let's talk about the. Can we get to these hands? Can we get to the actual <laughs> hands? <laughs> I mean, to me, I thought season one was pretty boring when it wasn't getting to like the daredevil stuff, like and not just seeing him in the costume, but just. Him being Matt Murdock, it was too much focusing on the lawyer. It was focusing on. on I've heard that, yeah. Trying to get to get the friendship going, or him falling in love. First with of what's all, her name was Claire. Homeboy Stick is money, all right. <laughs> my man, my man Stick. Oh yeah, I love his money. No, I'm not. It's not about Stick. It was just. It was. It it, it, it was like uh, how your complaint was with the uh, Iron Fist season one. It was too much Meacham. I felt there was too. It was too much law too stuff. Much it, it was too much law stuff, and not enough. Let's get down to Kingpin doing this and Matt trying to stop him. So when we had season two, yeah, I get it. There was too much of the backstory with his love with Electra and all that. But I thought the action, the writing, big improvement. So season three definitely deserves to be a winner here. Yeah, I, I actually agree. And season three won by a long shot. So yeah. whoever told their friends to tell their friends to go for season three, <laughs> uh, you got what you wanted because season three of Daredevil has won for the best TV show of uh, 2018. Congratulations. But let's go from the good to the bad. Let's find out the baddest of the bad or the Uh-oh. best of the bad. When we talk about the best villain of Feels 2018. Feels evil in here all of a sudden. Badass bad guy. Let's start off with the first nominee, Wilson Fisk, played by Vincent D'Onofrio, and he was in Daredevil, Spider-Man for PS4, and Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, without so a, he was just all around the medium yeah, this year. Yeah, I said that earlier. Wow. He was everywhere this year. That is All in one year. Without a doubt, 2018 was the year of Wilson Fisk. Oh, no, yeah. For that alone, then he definitely deserves to be up here. Because you, you already got his spectacular return in season three of Daredevil, where the crime boss literally had his finger in every pie. We were just talking about that. Mm-hmm. You got the pivotal role that he plays in Spider-Man uh, for PS4, where he shows that he's there for a reason. Mm-hmm. And once you take him out of that Jenga, right, the, right. The, all the blocks falls fall, yeah. um, which I thought was pretty impressive. Uh but yeah, the Kingpin of Crime has dominated the comic book media with not one but three tremendous appearances in the past year. Right, I hope they bring him into the comics more. As like, 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 hey, look, he's succeeding here. Let's bring him into comic books again. Yeah, or even all the any of these three iterations, they could take a time to to flesh out any one of these three. Um, but yeah, he managed to finish off the hat trick with his appearance in the Golden Globe winning Spider Man into the right. Spider Verse, uh, where his sheer girth and malice was put on full display. His frightening stature, cold demeanor, and willingness to kill anyone standing in his way has earned him this nod. What do you guys want to say about Wilson Fisk? Yeah, talk about a house. He was he he was a definitely Brick a, yeah house. polarizing house in that in that movie. Um, and kudos to the anim to the animation for um adding emphasis. I think I said kudos that. to the Animaniacs. Like, I don't know what that, <laughs> that is. Thank God for Vincent D'Onofrio, man. Like I don't think he gets. I don't think Vincent D'Onofrio gets enough praise for bringing Kingpin to life. I really like his his kingpin. I think it has a bit of uh, a bit of Full Metal Jacket. And there. I feel he has the accent without it going cartoony. Like I feel like he has that kingpin monotone without going full on like Russian accent. Yeah, he's definitely well spoken. So that's a that's a good that like you know like he works on that. I yeah, from the good. game to the movies to Daredevil, um, all around he's got he's got a good spread, man. If um. If Daredevil came out this year, the movie, that would be the only blemish. It's also <laughs> Sorry, those, Duncan. It's also one of those, if you don't know, now you know kind of situation yeah. now, right? Like, if you didn't know about Kingpin, this year alone should have showed you at least a version of Kingpin Definitely. that you He's could. Good yeah, there's no way you could escape him. If you watched this Into the Spider-Verse and played the Spider-Man game and, like, and, Dare- watched, Daredevil. and then watched Daredevil, there's no way that you cannot say, oh, my God, I'm seeing the Kingpin everywhere now. Yes. 
But now let's talk about Patrick Wilson's Ocean Master in Aquaman. Who can do no wrong? I love this man. <laughs> you see, nothing will get in between little King Orm and his throne as seen in the Aquaman film. Not only does he create a false flag event to pursue his comrades to join him in a war against the surface, but when his own brother, Arthur Curry, shows up, he immediately challenges him to a battle to the death <laughs> with a crown. Uh, his disdain for those who live on the surface combined with his love of his people forces Orm's hand as he feels the only way to protect his kingdom is to become the ocean master and hold dominion over the seven seas hell bent on making this a reality he wages war against anyone who dares defy his rule friend or foe so this was basically black panther underwater but yeah but there wasn't a evil dictator in black panther uh, that was only the good true. dictator in black panther <laughs> well, it, well it wasn't this, this would be this would be lion king. king if the movie started with scar Oh, snap. You know what I'm saying? Like, the movie starts with Scar, and everyone's like, Mufasa's like, a true lion. And it's like, no, well, he never showed up to... Oh, to, yeah. so there was no Aquaman being the true leader, yeah. and then yeah. Ocean Master was always the it's leader. always Scar. Uh, Simba was raised by the by the Puma and Timon, and now they're telling Simba, yo, they need you over there. And he's like, I don't... I don't. Also, it's the last half come of, back. of Lion King, basically. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's great. Walking great... Lion King halfway through, you got Aquaman. Yeah, this, uh, this ruthless dictator uh, surely made some waves... In 2018, so that's how Ocean Master got his. I bet his you he wrote that nod. Ocean to Ocean song. Oh my god! I, bet you I hate his, that Ocean Ocean song. I bet that's his. Theme we don't song. speak about that on this on the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was angry, but he wasn't really vengeful because nothing was done to him. He just had uh, anger right. to move forward. But if you want to talk about vengeful, listen, revenge. That's the one word to describe uh, Mustafa Shakir's Bushmaster in Luke K season two. Um, it's. He's a killer from the Caribbean. There's a storm of violence that just came yeah. in, chopping just up the bodies. Definitely slighted on spikes. Yeah, he was slighted by the Stokes, the Stokes, Stokes family, in more ways than one. Bushmaster shows up to Brooklyn and then to Harlem with one thing in mind: the head of Mariah Stokes on a pike. Even when the mighty power man Luke Cage himself steps in his way, he is handled quite efficiently by the master of Capoeira. You saw that Capoeira? Those Capoeira well, that's moves that, that, out that, there. That, that's a dance fighting. Dance yeah, fighting, yeah, baby. Yeah. John McIver is a deadly fighter in his own right, but beating him is near impossible when he takes his herbal concoction called Nightshade, uh, known to increase the strength that's durability. A real, that's a real deadly, deadly flower. Nightshade. That's deadly a, nightshade. Yeah. yeah, Nightshade is actually a real flower that kills you. Um, it's crazy. Known to increase the strength, durability, and endurance of its user, uh, Bushmaster becomes that much more dangerous, and with laser focus, unique fighting skills, and undeniable swagger, Bushmaster is a shoo-in for best Okay, so this mm-hmm. reminds villain. me of Black Panther. I'm finding a lot of Black Panther. <laughs> well, but there's only so many ways you can do a villain. Yeah, true. But In the, general. But the whole taking of a, of a plant to get these powers. like Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but he also becomes dependent on that. Yeah, he does, and it breaks him. It breaks yeah. his body down and stuff like that. He actually becomes less and less of a villain as the as the story progresses. I was gonna I was gonna nominate Mariah, but Mariah got nominated in the first yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what a I, I did not. I thought you should have went with uh, what's this? Not Diamond Diamondback. Cottonmouth. Cottonmouth. I yeah. thought you should have went, but then I watched Luke Cage after the Underworld show, and you're right. Mariah was a real. She Mariah, deserved that. Yeah, that nomination. <laughs> yeah, she deserved, and she deserved what she got in season two of Luke Cage. Let's just say that. Um, but you were talking about it, so let's bring it up. Michael B. Jordan's Killmonger in Black Panther. Oh, one of my second. He's my. Se- he was my second nomination. Honestly, like I really thought he was fantastic, bringing the role to life, working with Ryan Coogler for like the third time. Yeah, mm-hmm. those two got those two got chemistry. Um, and very few villains have been as relentlessly charismatic as uh Michael B.'s Killmonger. Um, showing up with something to prove, Eric Stevens was able to infiltrate the secretly advanced nation of Wakanda, challenge their king T'Chaka, and win. 
mm-hmm. albeit temporarily. Killmonger's radical nature called for the death of his oppressors as he hoped to arm those oppressed against them. His last words seem to resonate with many, even those who do not believe in his nefarious ways. Bury me in the ocean with my ancestors that jumped from the ships because they knew that death was better than bondage. Hoping to restart the world, Eric fought violently for, violently for his cause. And when it comes to determination, Killmonger has no equal. How do you guys feel about Killmonger? Yeah, I'm um, super, super, super determined. Um, you, you, Well, he tells you he's been ready for this all his life, or at least getting ready for this all his life. Um, so him coming through and giving T'Challa the hands, as we like to say. <laughs> uh-huh. And it seemed like that he wasn't the, he didn't look like the main villain. Like it seemed like Claw was the main villain throughout the entire movie. And then, nope, here comes Killmonger. Because in his, in his mind, like every calculating villain, you, he has to think yeah. what he's doing is right or uh, taking back what's his. Well, what me over about Killmonger is that I didn't know I wanted this for my villains, but now I, I like my villains to be funny. He was kind of funny yeah. at various points. <laughs> uh, you look at Loki. Loki's pretty hilarious. And that's point. what kind of keeps him there. And right. even the Joker in Dark Knight is funny at certain points. He's mm-hmm. just plain funny. When he's dressed up like a nun, he's just, I mean, a nurse. A nurse. He's oh, just plain yeah. funny. And um, in this, Killmonger with like the whole high auntie. Yeah, or, uh, he, he, had, he had Western swagger. He didn't have that. Mon- that their kind of swagger that they had in Wakanda. Yeah, and I he guess a lot American of us, swagger. we saw, you know, that. Right, right, That's right. what we see every day. So we're see from it. Brooklyn, so Oakland's kind of the same. So you have <laughs> that, you see the hood mentality. You're like, oh, yo, this is this guy's one of us, you know? Yeah. And he's right. You, know, you should share this with the world, but kind of shared it in a wrong way, but... But him yelling, God, come on, girl. I have not yielded. And as you can see, I am not dead. And then uh, come on, goes, now nah, we over with that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's done. Yeah, that's, that's over done. with. That's over with. I already did that. And uh, I, it was like, we thought you was so dead, funny but that's all we needed. Because even in this very serious moment, he's still all like, and like I said and before, where he's like, oh, hi, auntie. Yeah. Uh, when I tell you to do something, you do that shit. I, I, I mean, I mean, I mean it. that shit. <laughs> um, let's talk about uh, Sacha Dawan. From Iron Fist season two, playing Davos, mm-hmm. a big improvement from season one. Definitely. Um, how far would you go for your destiny? Because Davos believed that he was always destined to wield the Iron Fist and defend Kong Lung from all enemies. He kind of was. He, even after being bested by Danny Rand in combat, he swore that he would be the one his people would turn to in a time of crisis. To him, Danny squandered the blessing of the fist and made a mockery of his years of training. Because Danny dead left. He left Kong Lung. He quit. He, he was. This was his birthright. This man lost his birthright to some blonde-haired, blue-eyed white boy that came to in a ex- from a hole in the foreign sky. exchange student. Kind of. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he was, uh, to me, he was just he was the jealous best friend. It should have been me. Especially when, you know, what he's screaming about has his name all over it. Like, yeah, kind of true. The, the person who's training the Iron Fist happens to be his father, so it, it's a weird, convoluted, twisted uh, scope there. But blinded by his hatred from his former friend, John uh, Davos journeys to New York City to confront Danny and ultimately take his destiny into his own hands. Not only does he outright steal the Iron Fist from Danny Rand, he forces the hero to rethink his entire path. Mm-hmm. The entire show yeah, changes from yeah. that one moment. Without Davos, Iron Fist Season 2 would, wouldn't have been as d- dynamic as it was, and I'm sorry it got canceled. But that, when you talk about somebody who actually moves the plot and makes people change, Davos did that. Davos did that oh, with Joy. clear as day, one of the best antagonists to come into the medium this year. Yeah. And if you look at it, 
this was a year of bad guys winning. But who was the f- season one? It was the Meachums, and then it was like yeah. Madame Gao for a little bit, Madame Bakudo oh, no, for a half was, an hour. It was no, it was straight up. It was me. It was the Meachum father. Yeah, so it was the like Meacham father. Was, it, was, it was like if Malcolm Merlin was your villain for the first two seasons of of Iron of Arrow. But not only that, it's the idea. That this is a this is a, a kung fu superhero, and the villain is going to be somebody. Like the Big Lebowski. The villain is going to be somebody who do, he doesn't fight in a kung fu fight. You know what I'm saying? It's like, what the heck is the point of any of that? Where Davos, we were ready to see those two fight, and those two had some awesome Oh, they had some great fight scenes. Fight scenes. And Davos was given a level of depth where you actually saw, like, he did honestly feel betrayed. He feel did betrayed. honestly feel like, like it honestly should have been, been him and all that kind of stuff. Um, and the way, the weird relationship he has with his mother, the distance and stuff like that, all oh, really brought... a cold woman. It brought everything around. Woman. And then she seen that things like sex don't excite Davos. Like, he's all like... Right. Okay. What? Wait. This does not interest yeah, me. Yeah, where woman? is the Iron Fist? I thought you said the Iron <laughs> Give Fist. Give me the Iron Fist. <laughs> so yeah, man, Davos definitely deserved to be on this list. But out of all of our nominees, some may have pushed our protagonists to their limits. Some may have changed the status quo. But no villain fully accomplished their sought-out plan other than the Mad Titan Thanos in Avengers Infinity War. Well, that's what, like I was saying before, this was a year of villains winning. Right. Whether for five minutes or for seemingly the rest of the movie. No, this homeboy won the whole movie. Yeah, so <laughs> still stood on that throne. You know, Davos still held the Iron Fist. Thanos has all six stones. And like, and killed our friends. Yes. All of our friends. Yeah, because uh, it was <laughs> Thanos who conquered our divided Avengers like it was Child's Play. It was Thanos who like, snapped Loki's Child's neck. Play is underrated. Like a like, twig. He was playing with his toys. That's what it was. Andy playing with Buzz and Woody. Like Thanos did not care. His plan was all six stones, snap out half of humanity, save the rest of us. That's it. it it's Thanos who goes from stone to stone and collects them all. It's Thanos who tosses the one person he ever cared about, Gamora, off of a cliff just to get closer I'm to that sorry, destiny. Little one. The Mad Titan was a figure in the shadows for a decade, but many say that Avengers Infinity War was his coming out party, and it's hard not to see why. A lot of people were waiting with bated breath, arms crossed, wanted to see what this guy was going to (laughs) do. You know, finally, and he killed it. They killed it. This should have been a debut year for him, to be honest with you. I mean, yeah, we've seen him. Three three other movies. I I really wanted to count him, but he was literally in three other movies. That's why there's, I guess, the difference between debut and breakout. Yeah. Because if you want to go with a breakout role, this was perfect breakout role for Thanos. Definitely. But yeah, we did have that one conversation in Guardians where he was talking to Ronan, so I guess we can't say it's a debut, but we he got really, just, He really do nothing. He had a lot of dialogue. Thanos, like, Get he, busy. Oh my God, he took apart the Hulk like nothing. And he took off his his a, a very famous armor. Like, uh, he's always he been drawn with that armor. Like it was nothing. He took it off because he didn't need it and he just went and just did everything. And then he ended yeah, the movie smiling. <laughs> this was fantastic. Out of control. He also did seem like he was having fun with every fight. Yeah, he did. This seemed like this was just a game to him. Like, he, listen, I know I'm winning. You <laughs> so guys are gonna, it. It's only a matter of time before I get it. Like, I'm going to let you guys have your fun. Like, you yeah. know, Taylor, I'm going to let you finish, but... I plot this long. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> home. I'm not going home with nothing, dude. And we've waited this long, so let's find out who the best villain of 2018 is. Everybody's biting their nails. Uh? Anticipation. The Mad Titan Thanos from Avengers Infinity War oh has won God. best villain of... 2018, that, that is, is two. Great. He has one best villain and he has one best fight so far. The Mad Titan has two out of two Thanos. Killing it. Definitely killing it. The most it. evil and he's got the most hands. Yeah. Is he truly evil? If you want to think of it, it's, it's a weird 
if you use if you use the perspective like I don't know if he's malicious. I count evil as being malicious. I count evil as actively trying to hurt people. Get for, it? Like just like because for you want personal to. gain. Yes. Like this wasn't personal right. gain. This was for everybody. So and it was with, altruism, but it was misguided altruism. And with that if so facto kind of definition, you can um you can kind of count him as a as a villain or anything. No, like, he he was definitely a villain because he beat our heroes. Like we know, this is Captain America. This is Iron Man. They're our heroes. Thanos is bad guy, wants to kill, blah, blah, blah. Right. But this was still his movie to me. I yeah. feel like this was his story. And it's crazy because we've seen so many of these stories before, so many of these movies before, read so many of these comics before, watched so many of the television shows before, but they are still able to come up with some um, organically... Yeah, from scratch uh, stuff. You know, yeah, bought, you know, made whole cloth, made from scratch moments and, uh, and dialogue that... Always get you know gives me goosebumps every year. They're still able to up it. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the best moments of 2018 and try to put a finger on what is the best comic book move, movie moment of 2018. Oh, there was just so many, so many. Let's start with my personal favorite. Miles Morales suits up, aka yeah. What's Up Danger. Let me set the stage for you. Everyone so has magic behind it. Everyone has counted out. Miles Morales' ability to be Spider-Man because he is inside of his own head Mm -hmm. way too much. He's given some expert advice by a former, well, an older Spider-Man who says that all it takes to be Spider-Man is to have the ability to have a leap of faith. Give yourself a leap of faith. You will never know when you're ready to be Spider-Man. And because you'll never know, it will always be in the back of your head that you're not. And so you have to be able to have faith in yourself and in, in the process to go forward um, and to become that hero. And so we finally see Miles give in to his destiny. And he finally, uh, you know, l- does that leap of faith both literally and figuratively when he goes um, and is uh, given gifts of web shooters, creates his own uh, Spider-Man costume out of uh, spray paint, a nod back to his relationship with his um, deceased uncle, mm-hmm. and then decides to take a train to the highest uh, building <laughs> that he can find. Oh, so he lost his uncle here too. Every Spider-Man, every, lo- Spider-Man. every Spider-Man loses an uncle. It's just how it goes and throughout all the timelines. Every Spider-Man. So he uh, jump, get, finds the tallest building he can and leaps off of it with a blaring soundtrack in the back and the city lights uh, coming in. They even found a way to switch the shot to look like he was floating up and flying. Yeah, into the city an and stuff. An amazing scene. An amazing scene. And one of my favorite, most fun uh, movie moments uh, I saw this year to tell you the truth it was absolutely incredible and um, yeah. it, a lot of kids are going to remember this yeah, scene the, the, the theater that I went to um, was kind of was kind of trash I've seen it twice and they clapped but, um, both times yeah, when his I, comic book I, cover got I really, I really cla- yeah at the end when it got thrown on yeah that, yeah. that was cool I, I popped for that it solidified Miles not only in this movie but in the world he now exists yeah, you saw him get dressed here. you saw his his uh, you know arrival and now he's here so Miles suiting up is definitely um, deserving of that. But from a moment of, I guess, uh, triumph to a moment of tragedy. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the death of X Force in Deadpool Two. <laughs> One of wasn't really, wasn't really tragedy. Was wasn't really tragedy. I thought it was tragic. <laughs> uh, Deadpool really, really was excited for X Force. I mean, granted, they were, they were in the he trailers all, all willy nilly. Do you remember how excited he was for X Force? Though he was sitting on X Force, X Force, X Force. Yeah, he really thought that he had this team together. He had the squad, man. All of a I sudden, mean, you know, who knew that it was gonna be a windstorm? Though, I mean, somebody knew that it was gonna be a windstorm. Um, actually, Everybody actually, knew actually knew when you storm. when I think it's a uh, you you find out there's gonna be a windstorm if you um watch or listen very carefully. Well, Domino at one point says something like, "Is a windstorm, windstorm when they when they fight Cable on the um on the truck?" 
Yeah. I think you hear it on like on, on the radio or something like no, that. No, yeah, they I'm say, not, they say sure. it on the news. Yeah, yeah. I, I know exactly what you're mm-hmm, talking about. Mm-hmm. They say it on the news that there's going to be high winds or something like that. Like, be careful. So, so the winds. first time that went over oh, my head. Oh, when they were chasing after the caravan. When, yeah. when they're going after the caravan, you hear it in the helicopter that there's going to be high winds. I yeah. remember. But that was hilarious because what come what goes through a couple like little jokes of them I like I liked when he looked back and they were all kind of like <laughs> flipping around and shit mm-hmm. in the wind ex people yeah all his ex people <laughs> but then the death after death you know Vanisher Brad Pitt getting killed and then um uh, Psych guy's going into a tree shredder um uh Shadowstar getting hit by uh, airplane propellers um, Zeitgeist throwing up acid at uh, Peter. Oh, Peter. Peter, that was his name. Oh, my God. And then nothing happened in Domino. She just lands safely, lucky, lucky and all that how, kind of stuff. How, how they managed to make luck a, a superpower in that movie was fantastic. Where, where you just see her running with the explosions in the background. Or she's like trying. She can't put up. The brakes on her truck is cut. And she still manages to not kill one person or kill herself. The, yeah. gun, like, the gun jams right in her face. Oh yeah, before the homeboy yeah, yeah, pulls yeah, the trigger. Yeah, 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 that is true. That is true. Um, but that 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 death of X Force thing it makes this list because it encapsulates everything about those Deadpool movies, which is like you think you got it, you think you know what's gonna happen, you think you've seen enough of these. Maximum effort. Swerve, and they, bro. And they swerve it. <laughs> totally a swerve. Um, let's go with the next nominee, which is T'Challa Returns after his, uh, you know. Presumed death at the hands of at the hands of Killmonger, Um, T'Challa returns full suit and all, back a hundred percent of with health, with health of health. He's at a hundred percent. His health bar. He's he's at a hundred percent. And right before Killmonger is able to export dangerous Wakandan vibranium laced weapons to uh, his what he deems the oppressed around the world, T'Challa shows up, shoots one of those things out of the sky, and the battle commences between not only Killmonger and T'Challa, but T'Challa's followers and Killmonger's followers on the literal Even Wakandan soil. It's like Wakandan civil war right there. Yeah, man, yeah. Wakandans against Wakandans. Mm-hmm, Unlike mm-hmm, all this mm-hmm. violence going on. <laughs> Uh, you see how Okoye and um, man, why did I forget his name now? Oh, uh, Daniel Kaluuya's um, yes, Wakabi. Yeah, there you uh, go. Okoye and Wakabi, they're Wasabi. in a relationship, but they're still against each other because they're on different sides of this fight. Um, seeing Killmonger straight up kill Adora Milaje because he felt like it yeah. was crazy. Seeing seeing her, uh, him and Shuri try to go at it, I thought it was amazing. Um, all the Martin Freeman stuff, how he was helping out with the virtual technology of the spaceship, mm-hmm, um, and then the fight in the yeah, Wakandan mines. Fantastic! Like the visuals of that movie was great, and I think it's not isn't it nominated for an Oscar? It's nominated for seven. For seven. seven. Uh, sorry, seven. <laughs> yeah, I think visuals is one of the no- Oscar nominations. I definitely know one of them is soundtrack, and it's because of moments like this when mm-hmm. he shows up here, the torn trumpet to a, a moment of like the, the king. king is here, yeah. the king has arrived, and I thought that that was really cool. It definitely complemented that moment, and it complemented the characters of both T'Challa and Black Panther. So I thought that that was really really good. Uh, let's talk about Aquaman joining the fight, or what I like to call release. The Kraken. Ooh. My man Arthur Curry was told that there was a big old Kraken, big old sea monster, hold, uh, you know, um, stopping anyone from grabbing the great trident of Atlan. But he just kind of convinces it that he's cool and he grabs the trident anyway. But the badass moment is while this big war is going on in the ocean, you literally see Arthur Curry riding a Kraken mm-hmm, <laughs> right mm-hmm, down mm-hmm, the middle mm-hmm. of this war. And all of a sudden, using the power of the trident, he's able to command sea life. Master of the sea. 
sea life from all around. Yeah, he's able to c- control all that sea life and um, turn it against its, its owners. And with that trident in his hand, he's officially called the king of the seven seas and given his proper title as uh, as king of Atlantis. Um, Half blood. I know you didn't get to see it, Dan. Uh, yeah, how did nah, you feel about that moment? Um, great. Um, because I thought he was gonna actually slay the beast. Oh, but he, then he came through it. just. Um, nah, he's homies. B. Know? Aquaman don't kill fish. <laughs> they all the homies. Even so, the trench was listening. Yeah, I was just about to say uh, to see him commanding everything, especially the scare, the freaking scary trench. Yeah, yeah, that was that was ill. Because guys in the trench are just. Cra- not crazy, yeah. but they're what? What are they? Deformed um, Atlanteans? They're, yeah, they're just like devolved, devolved. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they have been living down there for so long that they don't have the need for like eyes and all kinds of stuff. Dan, oh, that, that's on you. Like, if you want to, like, that's a that's a moment you should see. That's a moment that's that's worth uh, getting the old Blu-ray. I mean, you guys, the old I've, baby I've listened Blu-ray. to enough of, of of the praise that you've had for. No, I wouldn't want to say praise, but you guys have given me enough where it's like maybe I should sit through it. I mean, the movie broke a billion dollars. Yeah. It's billion, the highest that's a, gross that's a in DC billion dollar movie, movie, man. Christ, a billion Ow. dollars, and and one of the better movies of DC because yes. Know, I, um, not my favorite, but it's good. Wonder, so, Wonder Woman ain't the like, only let, one let's anymore. Let's not say like DC as in the whole realm of DC movies. Let's go DCEU yes. of that universe. It's up there with Wonder Woman. I think Wonder Woman is better. But uh, no, I, I, I wouldn't say, I, I'm not going to sit here and think that it's better than Wonder Woman. I'm saying, would it be up there with Wonder Woman as in terms yeah. of enjoyment? Yeah. But you also got to remember that nothing else is up there with Wonder yeah, Woman. So yeah, this is like, so it's not like, it, saying, it, makes, like, it's not like yeah. it makes it hard to be no, up there with like, Wonder You have what? You have Suicide Squad, Batman vs. Superman, and Justice League. And Man of Steel. And Man of Steel all in the same bottom yeah. barrel. But I'm a right. fan, I'm a fan of the Aqua Bro, so I'm glad he's get, he gets his just due. Well, the fact that, like, this was a character that we all made fun of. And that was a billion dollar movie. For a decade, I know since I was a kid, I've been making fun of Aquaman. Yeah. So for an for Aquaman to gross one billion dollars in its debut movie, that's that's enough level of respect that I should go see it. You should jump in the water and always be afraid of Aquaman. <laughs> Somebody who wasn't afraid in this next moment. Let's talk about the Battle of Wakanda, aka Bring Me Thanos. That mm-hmm. was one. Of, that is personally mm-hmm. my. That's mm-hmm. my favorite moment. That was so all of it great. from Cap, Widow, and uh, T'Challa going face to face with the, the the children of Thanos and telling them, "We ain't having it. Go, y'all better go. Y'all better leave because you, you ain't. You <laughs> will not find nothing, nothing but, dust but dust and blood. And blood. Well, he had the dust. The yeah. dust. Is the best part about it was they rubbed that in our faces face. before we even knew. I, I, I feel I feel a type of way. <laughs> oh about yeah, that, that foreshadowing. <laughs> Everyone's dust. face when Thor came in. How happy they were! Cap had that smile. Yeah. Hulk was like, "Oh, you guys are really screwed now." Everybody was just seeing happy. seeing Wakanda ready to lose Wakanda to right, save right, Wakanda right. was also really cool. Like seeing them all stern and what is it? Um, what if we lose some of that? Whatever. Then, this uh, will be like, the greatest. Be, whatever. Yeah, this is gonna be the death of Wakanda, Mbaku says, and then then this will like, be the greatest death. death of all. Yeah. And I'm like, let's go. And then he, the homeboy doing all the Wakandan chant in the background, the Ebo Bay. I like. I like, was they, like, let's when go. They hit the ground, you see all the shields come out. Yeah, and that was the way you had like um war mong war war machine. No, the way you had war machine and Falcon just lining up the flanks and gunning, like, gunning them down. Dude, through, dude, they were there. Dude, Cap, Cap, and um, Black Panther running, running side by side. Rocket, quarterback, quarterback, yeah, man. Oh, man. Rocket and Winter Soldier working together was fantastic. Grew and grew and Steve Rogers. I am Grew. I am Steve Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> this is my uh, friend Tree. This is yeah. my friend from Tree. I, uh, uh, Captain America. I see you've copied my beard. <laughs> I see you copied my beard. Uh, all that stuff. Oh, so great. The Battle of Wakanda, and then it seemingly ends with um. What is the next 
nominee, the last what nominee. A, what a segue. I got to give you that one. What a segue. Thank you. That was a great segue. The last nominee for moment of our best comic book moment of 2018 is The Snap Heard Around the World, The Decimation. Uh, it, it's Thanos dust wielding, dust. yes, wielding the Infinity Gauntlet, snapping his fingers and making 50% of the world disappear. Man, one of the most unique theater experiences I've ever had. Watching an entire people gasped. Oh, yeah, they all went gasped. silent. I was genuinely nervous. I was crying myself. I looked, I'm not afraid to admit I looked it. at my hands like if I was going to be next. The best, <laughs> the best part of the best part of of stuff like this, especially with major issues, is that you can go back. Me and Carlos Maximin sat here and we chopped it up about the first ever uh, Infinity War trailer. Right, right. And we sat here and we used to go, is he going to get them all? I don't know if he's going to get them all. <laughs> he might get them all. Nah. In the book, he gets them all. Yeah. And I knew in the book he got them all. And I saw what happened in the book. I, I felt he was I was not ready, man. Uh, nothing could have prepared not me. Ready. If you knew, even if you knew as a comic book fan that this was going to happen, you was not ready. And I don't know why I did couldn't put the two and two together with the Time Stone stuff. Right. Like he he just rewinds time and takes the mind so back. I legit thought when it blew up no. that we oh we good right, it's right, over. Right, 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 what is right. he gonna do? He can't do nothing. It's gone. And then he's just like nope, rewind. And I'm like oh he did just take that. <laughs> he just, mm-hmm. he took, just took the time. He stone, did just yeah. take vision that. is gray. Oh no. And then the worst part Dude, is vision got the hands the whole movie. And that's so sad. It could have just been some sad music and watching these people go. But they did two effective things. One, they took music completely out of it. Yeah. The only sound effect the that you thing. had was literally people whisking away, literally people Into turning to dust. Um, and then the second sound effect, uh, oh, the, th- the second thing I think they did to accentuate that is they showed it from people who care about each individual yeah. person. So you see Cap lose Bucky. You don't just see the world lose Bucky. You see Cap lose Bucky. You see, you see Tony Okoye lose Spider-Man. Lose. Okoye lose Black yeah, Panther. It's funny because when that, lost by Rocket, when Rocket that happened, Groot. I thought she was going to disappear. Well, they then shot seen, it in a way. I see, yeah, so I, when I seen his hand go, I was like, oh, They shot it no in a way king. that they wanted your eyes to follow her hand, touch his, and then disappear. Yeah. But it was his that disappeared. So it was like, the what the Bucky heck? just falls apart in front of Steve was just... just that's a horror movie. And That's I right before he kids. does it, right before he does it, he looks at Steve in the face and goes, "Steve," because <laughs> he doesn't know what's and going on. Sh- and then he falls. And as a cat fan, I was like, "Oh hell no!" And not only that, it's like, "Not again!" Yeah. <laughs> I lost him again. Uh, out of control. And then you know, the did you win? What did it cost? Everything, all that. Um, and you know, uh, Thor, what did you do? What did you do? <laughs> That's all caps, caps. Like, I threw, I threw my weapon. Remember, you told me to hit him in the chest with the thing. <laughs> Should have uh, went for the head. Should have aimed for the head. But let's go for the winner. Let's find out who's the winner of best comic book uh, moment of 2018. Yeah, the winner is commercial break. <laughs> commercial break. <laughs> Post credit scene. Now <laughs> it is the winner is the Battle of Wakanda, uh, aka Bring Me Thanos. So basically, another stone from a man, Thanos. That's three nominations, three wins uh, for Infinity War. Yeah, he is killing it. Impressive there. Movie. And I, again, any one of these could have won. Um, oh, no, it actually wasn't the Battle of Wakanda. I read the wrong thing. I have Steve Harvey this entire oh, situation. Wow. Steve Harvey. Um, someone tell those Wakandans to sit back down. Shh. Sit back wow. down. You guys didn't win we're the sorry, war. We're sorry, Thanos. It's actually the snap. From Avengers Infinity War has won wow, best comic book movie. Thanos movie. wins. Oh LOL, Thanos wins. But Thanos <laughs> won again anyway. So there he goes with that. Wow. The Mad Titan taking uh taking no prisoners or half prisoners. I don't know how you wanna how you wanna figure that out. But yeah, man, talk about best moment. Again, if you if you were at the theater when you saw that, there was nothing like it. There was nothing like no one knowing what's People were next. Saying, what happened? 
People yeah. were literally, I heard. And as a comic book on. reader. It got cold in the theater. As a comic book reader, I legitimately became subject matter expert. Everyone, family members, friends, uh, colleagues I haven't spoken to in years, uh, cousins I haven't spoken to, <laughs> hitting me up going, like, did you see that? So what happened at the end what of happened? that? Did we lose? Where'd they go? Did, Are they all dead? Did we lose? <laughs> really? We lost. That's the problem. We lost and we can't accept it. That's what eventually brought about the therapy session of the uh, Avengers Infinity War review that we did here where we gave as many answers to people as possible because everyone was coming to us for answers. But um, we have a feeling that uh, it's not going to stop here. Next year is probably going to get even worse. But let's talk about this year, and let's talk about one of the biggest awards left to give out. Best movie of 2018. Best comic book movie of 2018. And let's start off with Avengers Infinity War. Iron Man, Thor, and the Hulk, and the rest of the Avengers unite to battle their most powerful enemy yet, the evil Thanos. On a mission to collect all seven, oh, six Infinity Stones, Thanos plans to use the artifacts to inflict his twisted will on reality. Uh, the fate of the planet and existence itself has never been more uncertain as everything the Avengers has fought for has led up into this moment. Avengers Infinity War. Uh, we God, ha- what a movie. And it took forever to make. Mm-mm. It had Mm-mm. so many people in it, but not all the people in it. All the people in the next one. <laughs> I, I, I personally, I do feel bad for any viewer that's watched Infinity War that did not follow the MCU for the last 10 years. Granted, half of everybody dies. Like, but, it's just like you, I don't feel. I don't feel like the weight of this movie would hit you if you did not follow these people. If you did not follow these stories. So, if you did not follow these movies. But the thing is, some people would use that logic to discredit this film for being the best film of 2018 because they say that it doesn't hold. It doesn't have the weight that it should have without the rest of. Well, listen, it, anybody anybody that hasn't seen it, I think seeing. The bad guy win and the good guy lose should be enough for it to hold weight. I think seeing Spider Man oh, die I, listen, should yeah, be enough. Somebody, for, yeah, seeing Spider Man right die. Anybody that doesn't know about the MCU should still know about Spider Man. But listen, I, you're not arguing with me. I was just playing Mephisto's uh, advocate. That's all I was doing here. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like that. But nominated for Best Picture in real life, Black Panther. After the death of his father, mm-hmm. I, I'm so mad that that got over Infinity War. I mean, not mad, but I feel like Infinity, I, they both should have gotten it. They both Infinity War is nominated for um, visual I effects. A lot. Yeah, I but think, I think right? I think Black Panther and Infinity War both should have been up there for best picture because one is a social commentary, yes, but the other, as far as a, a film goes, they gave res- Infinity War. I feel gives a lot of respect to comic book movies yeah. in ways that other comic book movies can't. Not not that not that that's to say that Black Panther shouldn't be nominated. It's just. Yeah, Infinity War definitely is a large scale comic book film. No, but that's the thing. Black Panther. A lot of people forget Black Panther was the first one to come out. Came out last February. No, it was the first comic book movie yeah. of 2018. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First comic book movie. Of 2018, I think. So I think good. the big. I think it's. I think it's the focus because the focus is purely on Black Panther. I think that the plot is easier to follow. Right. Um, you can follow Infinity War's plot, but if you don't know what a Villier is, if you don't uh-huh, understand uh-huh. how Groot can cut his hand off, if you don't know that, uh, you know, uh, Peter Quill's father died literally minutes before this movie took place, mm-hmm. I think those little things add. What does the Tony Stark Spider-Man moment mean if you haven't seen Civil War? Or Homecoming, for that matter. Or Homecoming. You know what I'm saying? So it's mm-hmm. little things like that. And I'm, again, I'm not discrediting it. I'm just saying that this is no, what i I can understand from... why they wouldn't, I mean, why they wouldn't, but I can't, I can also not understand I mean, they do they sprinkle, wouldn't. they do sprinkle some of that in it, so that way you know more or less, but, yeah. yeah. But at the end of the day, yeah, Black Panther is, is like, culturally... You know, social commentary-wise, it's a very important film. The marketing, it, it, it's an album won a Grammy. Yeah. It, so for it to be up for Best Picture, con- 
really, congratulations to Ryan Coogler and the rest of the yeah, team. Yeah, that definitely made a whole like, bunch of noise. Like, I'm glad Ryan Coogler. It just like this. Oh, it's like the third. His third time he's getting his movie is up for best picture. Yeah, for Bill Station and Creed were both up for best picture. So, and it's a pretty basic story. And uh, oh, I, you I, know, I, um, fantastic. After the death of his father, T'Challa returns home to the African nation of Wakanda to take his rightful place as king. When a powerful enemy suddenly reappears, T'Challa's metal as king and as Black Panther gets tested when he's drawn into a conflict that puts the fate of Wakanda and the entire world at risk. Faced with treachery and danger, the young king must rally his allies and release the full power of the Black Panther to defeat his foes and secure his safety of his people. Culturally important. Uh, broke records across the board. Great acting. Ryan Coogler is just really good. All his movies are really good. Um, and he has a certain flair and a certain aesthetic to his films that um, you know, good actors are able to he rise. Handles to. A lo- he handles films that have a message. Yeah, like he 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 knows how to give his he knows how to give the message in his story. He knows how to get across the hero's journey. One would one would say that without a message, some of these movies shouldn't even be out, right? No, like without not at if all. you ain't got nothing to say. <laughs> What's the point of making the movie? Just like, but speaking but, of which, Venom. Venom. <laughs> I love Venom. I loved Venom. Did you love Venom? Like I will give. I got. I I have my problems with them, but I still loved it because it impressed me. Because I went into Venom. Knowing I was gonna hate it, so then you need to go to Aquaman that same way. <laughs> you need to go to Aquaman when you hate it. True, I need, true. I, no, I'm That's going to fair. go into Aquaman knowing I'm hate. I'm gonna hate this. Yeah, and I hope to walk away because impressed. it definitely has things that you would like from when it. When I go I into think. hating a movie and it impresses me, I have to give it that credit of you did good. Venom did good. Did it? Did, does it have its faults? Sure. I didn't like that the Venom symbiote was being bullied by other symbiotes on its own home planet. And he was a loser. A loser. He was. He, he was a loser. That's pretty. Like you know. Uh, I would say. Um. Lackluster, really yeah. disappointed to see Venom being a loser. Yeah, but I thought Tom Hardy killed it. I thought, um, what's her damn name? Jenny Slater was pretty good for the screen time she had. Yeah, mm. and a lot of the visuals behind Venom itself and the voice was fantastic. I like the voice. His yeah, tongue like was big and long. I like whenever I he was it. fully Venom. Yeah, running right, around, right, swimming, right. any of that kind Climbing of climbing the building. <laughs> so to yeah. me, it's hard to do wrong when you have that good looking of a visuals like when Venom is that good looking it's hard to do wrong when he's personally on screen yeah like mm-hmm. when it's when it's Eddie Brock or everybody else on screen yeah maybe and as long as it isn't Topher Grace right that's a small bar we have to get over uh, journalist Eddie Brock is trying to take down Carlton Drake the notorious and brilliant founder of the Life Foundation when while investigating one of Drake's experiments Eddie's body merges with the alien Venom leaving him with superhuman strength and power Twisted, dark, and fueled by rage, Venom tries to control the new and dangerous abilities that Eddie finds so intoxicating. Um, it was good. I, it could be better. I hope they've seen what the, where it fell short. Mm-hmm. But to some people, it is their favorite movie of 2018. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I mean, for, for a fact, like, if it did this bad, like, if you think it did, like, not as good as it could have been, then that means if there's a second movie, it's always room for improvement for you. But, but in the same sense, there's always room to go even worse. I mean, there's always time to give it, make it kick ass too. There's you know no, 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 no. There's no, not. there's no Spidey. So I, I feel like people, people start, start wanting that. But if you know the, the comic that is based on the workaround for the movie, I'm a real big fan of. Is what I like so, so much about it too. That I ended up liking it without yeah, having Spider Man. We, we kind of had a, we a Venom that, love yeah. fest right before this film came out. We saw the animated Ve- uh, Venom origin. We read Venom and first covered Lethal, uh, Lethal Protector. Book. Yeah, and then we that, covered we covered the Venom episode. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot of there was a lot of Venom love going on. Uh, 
uh, when this movie came out. So we were in the bag for it. I just I just wanted more. But don't get it twisted. When I was done, I remember thinking like this was fun. Yeah, definitely. As long as it was oh, a yeah. fun movie, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect sometimes. And like I was saying about not being perfect, Aquaman <laughs> once home to the most advanced civilizations on Earth. The city of Atlantis is now an underwater kingdom ruled by the power-hungry King Orm. Can you imagine how much gold and sunken silver is under the wall? That man must be That's rich. As well, I've seen that crab in Moana, and he likes gold, so there's got to be a lot of gold. He might be richer. He might be more richer than uh, T'Challa. Can't be more richer than um, Scrooge McDuck, which who literally no. swims in golden in coins. Golden no. coins. Scrooge McDuck is the richest <laughs> of all time. I actually have the math behind that. Yeah, he is. He is the richest man of all time. But uh, yeah, you got uh, Orm, who's planning to conquer the surface dwellers with the remaining oceanic people. Um, standing in his way is Arthur Curry, Aquaman, Orm's half-brother, half-Atlantean, half-human brother, and the true heir to the throne. With the help from the royal counselor, Volko, which is uh, my man, Willem Dafoe, Aquaman must retrieve the legendary trident of Atlan and embrace his destiny as protector of the deep. Another nominee is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Bitten by a radioactive spider in the subway, Brooklyn teenager Miles Morales suddenly develops mysterious powers that transform him into the one and only Spider-Man. When he meets Peter Parker, he soon realizes that there are many others who share his special high-flying talents. Mm -hmm. Miles must now use his newfound skills to battle the evil Kingpin, a hulking madman who can open portals to other universes and pull different versions of Spider-Man into our world. And last but not least, Deadpool 2... The wisecracking mercenary Deadpool returns and he meets Russell, an angry teenage mutant who lives at an orphanage. When Russell becomes the target of Cable, a genetically enhanced super soldier from the future, Deadpool realizes that he'll need some help saving the boy from such a superior enemy. Uh, he soon joins forces with Bedlam, Shatterstar, Domino, and other powerful mutants to protect young Russell and, uh, from Cable and his advanced weaponry. But what do you guys think deserve to win Best Movie of this year? What impressed you? What didn't impress you? What you thought you wanted more from? I did not put Ant-Man on the Wasp here because I did not like it as much as Ant-Man 1, but many people mm-hmm. like Ant-Man and Wasp 2 more. Mm-hmm. So nah, I like Ant-Man more. I'll put that forth. What do you got? What what what's up for you? And I'm also kind of shy. I'm also kind of sad that Aquaman was the only uh live action movie I have, in DC. I have like. a strong feeling of what's going to take this award, uh-huh. but um I'm also interested to see who won second place for this. Okay. Yeah. So um, I don't want to say Thanos, even though that is my pick. But the man, <laughs> you want to say Thanos who, who, for best movie? He he um. Well, it was a Thanos movie, so I agree. Yeah, with but him on I only say it that way because he's been racking up Infinity Stones on this um on our award show. So Infinity War just might be that yeah, one. Yeah, this is the fourth. <laughs> this is the fourth Infinity War nomination. So like, I I my pick is definitely Infinity War. It's the most. It's the movie I've seen the most this year. Like, I loved Black Panther more than I thought I would. Because I read, I made the mistake of reading reviews before I watched Black Panther. Mm-hmm. So I read that. So I read about the lackluster ending, to where that final fight between Killmonger and Black Panther was very CGI bound. Yeah. Some critics mm-hmm. were saying that it reminded me of the subway scene from Spider Man Three. It was a little rubbery. I so, yeah, I heard that too. Sometimes. I heard that it was very like you can see that it wasn't choreographed. That it was all made on a computer. But then when I watched Black Panther, I found to like it more than I did. But my pick is Infinity War because. Man, that's that's a that movie did things to me that I thought I would never see. Well, it's Made time to find out Uh-oh. what's going to win the best movie, the last one of the last uh, big awards here, because the next one is anticipated movie of 2019. But this is the last one that gets to go home with that award, because we actually had the best, the most anticipated movie for 2017 was Justice League, and right. we saw how that turned out. 
So that was more anticipated than than Infinity War. Infinity War was the year after. Justice League didn't come out the same year mm-hmm. as uh, Infinity War. Oh, oh, wait, no, that's right. You're doing for the previous year, so yeah, 16 yeah. would have mm-hmm, been, mm-hmm, and then 17 would have been anticipated for. Okay. Yeah, I think it was Guardians was the, in that year. Logan, stuff like that. Uh, yeah. So let's find out what the best movie of 2018 is. Avengers Infinity War. Mm -hmm. We'll sing two different songs. But. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. A decade in the making. A quarter of a billion dollars. Or I think a billion dollars. Half a billion. Half a billion dollars. That's what it was. Uh, Half a billion dollars. The most expensive movie since uh, Return of the King. They split. They split one billy on this and Endgame. This one and Endgame, yeah. So half of a billion dollars. Double-digit uh, superhero characters on screen, multiple locations to the point that you're in space at one point. Right, right, right. Uh, you're not just in space. You're everywhere in space. You're Nina Valir. You're on uh, nowhere. Titan. You're Titan. on Titan. Yeah. You're on uh, where? Where was uh the Soul Stone? Volmir. Volmir. You're in yeah, Volmir. That's a mirrors. You're in Wakanda. You're there in is New mad York. Mirrors. Like you're every. You're yeah, in you're seven in... different locations. Yeah. Between the fact that that space was the most location, you were in two different parts of the world. You went from New York to Wakanda. Like, that is impressive. Oh, sorry. Prague, too. Oh, yeah, they, they were. were in Prague. And Scotland. Yeah. 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 Secret, secret cap location. Yeah, they got all... <laughs> man, they Which were... is one of the best character... I wouldn't want to say introductions, but just like introducing a character in that movie. Man, that was awesome for Cap. Just with the beard. Yeah, Michael Giacchino's score. Oh, I cannot get enough that score. So damn good. And we waited for this. And to tell you the truth, with the amount of anticipation we had towards this film, in many ways, there was no way that this film was going to be as good as it was. Just because of all the hype that we had around it. It had to be. It had to be. It had to have failed. There was no such thing as miss. And they, they, man, they swung out of the park. I've seen this movie in in film in theaters I think three or four times I saw Civil War more but only because Civil War to me had a kind of happy ending Cap was alive still and right, right, right. running around this is kind of it's a, something to swallow and they literally no, show you the, not a happy ending whatsoever. they show you the title card and then they make that go away too at the oh end my of the God, film yeah, they rub oh, it in your everybody face in my, everybody <laughs> in my theater was pissed off at that people were really mad that yeah. they put that, they're like insult to injury insult to injury yeah. But it, definitely a unique theater experience and definitely, um, you know, it blew my socks off. I, everything that I think I know, every time I read these comics, I think I figured everything out and there's nothing they can do to surprise me and boom, they do something absolutely The Russo incredible. brothers have right, are right now three for three with the best Marvel movies. Because oh, yeah. they have Winter Soldier, Civil War, and Infinity War under yeah, their belt. All those movies are absolutely yeah. amazing, and they stand uh, They stand up. I, I feel Winter Soldier, as far as like a solo film goes, is the best MCU film. And then when you want to go groups, it's hard because, you know, Civil War was happy, but Affinity War was sad. But, like, the Russos, congratulations to the Russos. Thank God that Infinity War won because I'm happy about that. Yeah, I dig that too. But let's talk about most anticipated. Let's talk a little bit into the future before we let these fine ladies and gentlemen uh, off for the rest of the day. I have a lot of expectations. I have a lot of standards, and I hope whoever comes out next year... Blows me away. But we're talking. We're here to talk about what's going to get you the most excited. So which one of these movies has you guys most excited for next year? Captain Marvel, Ooh. starring Brie Larson and Jude Law. Uh, Avengers Endgame, starring all of our OG Avengers, Josh Brolin I'm as still not Thanos. Ready for that, though. And uh, Paul Rudd will be in this one. 
Uh, Shazam with Zachary Levi. Levi, I do this every time I say his name. Uh, <laughs> Levi jeans. I think in the you jeans, said that last time as well. Uh, bringing Shazam to life. Billy Batson. Joaquin Phoenix's Joker film. The Spider-Man sequel, Spider-Man Far From Home. Or everyone's favorite, X-Men Dark Phoenix. Wow. <laughs> I like how you said everyone's how, favorite. How dare you? That is hilarious. I, I also miss things. not my favorite. I also forgot about things like Hellboy, which comes out next year. Right, right, right. Uh, Alita Battle Angel is like based on an anger. I'm excited for Alita. Because Alita. I, like, I know people that are saying, wait, they're doing another Hellboy? I'm like, yeah, dude, they already have pictures out. Like, what? Yeah, and the trailer's out, too. Some yeah. people some people are not responding good to it because they, they're, the only Hellboy they know is the other one. Mm-hmm. And so this and new they, Hellboy, yeah, you, know you know. Yeah, but no, it was like, been like, good. it's been like 10 years yeah, already, right? A long time. Like, the first one was okay. The first one was good enough to say it's entertaining, but that second one, the Golden Fist Compass? I heard that one wasn't that good. I've only seen the first Hellboy. It was terrible. So, I'm all for this new Hellboy. But Captain Marvel, I hope... That's my pick, honestly. I think that it's going to do great. Our first MCU female solo film. Yeah. It took this long. It took 11 years to give us a female solo MCU film. And... The way that they threw out the breadcrumbs, Kevin Feige and his breadcrumbs, the way he threw those breadcrumbs in Winter Soldier, I think she might be a scroll. Yes, I also think she's a scroll. She's a scroll, y'all. Uh, we might make that a shirt. When we get closer and closer, y'all. She's a scroll, y'all. She's a scroll, y'all. She's a scroll, y'all. She's a scroll, y'all. We're gonna need one of those uh, Schrodinger cat. Don't trust the. She's a scroll, y'all. Get the box that Schrodinger's cat was in. Like she's is she at all times? She's at all times a scroll and at all times not a scroll. So just open the box and see if she or isn't she a scroll. But she's definitely a scroll. What about you, Maximus? What is your most anticipated movie next year? Most excited for Endgame. Honestly, I'm ready for my Avengers. How can you not be? Right? I'm ready for my Avengers to do their Avengers, man. It's so weird. I've Let's never... The, last year, it, these were all just... I mean, obviously, Infinity War was the culmination of the MCU. Mm-hmm. But this is like literally a part two, a literally a to-be-continued. And it's literally next year. Has this ever happened before? One of the best nah. Maybe Maybe ever. Matrix 2? There's a lot of things that, uh, a lot of things that they're milking. The they, yeah. killed, they killed our, our heroes, our best friends, you know. Um, killed all our best friends and made us watch. I'm still waiting for that Avengers, Avengers uh, you know. They, they, have to, uh, they have to assemble and it has to be said. Plus. And they have to get together. They have to put both sides together. That the Avengers um, are finally going to avenge. Tony, Tony and, um, and Steve actually um, becoming besties again. Yes. You know, so they even ever besties to be I kind of need that. The Hulk, opinion. maybe? The Hulk, you think we could get into the next movie, maybe? Throwing hands? Not. I'm not really a fan of the Hulk in Infinity War. It's just, I don't know, Mark Ruffalo is just annoying me with that whole I can't get it up performance issues thing. Uh, that's a lot, yeah. But then again, if you want to think of it, Thanos really beat the fear into Hulk so bad, that man you said, think, nah, you can do it yourself. You think you think um Hulk's got his Ragnarok gear stashed around some someplace for this for um Endgame to take it to Thanos? Yeah, huh? That's a good question. <laughs> and uh, they're going to be making another gauntlet. People have already been speculating all crazy what's going to happen. Yeah, that's... Forget about it. Just I heard the gauntlet is seared. I, I am anticipating Joker, but I'm not crazy anticipating it. I, I need a full I, trailer. I'm ready it's, for that's a, it. That's another thing, too. I'm we don't have a trailer have, for like, that. I don't have any expectations whatsoever, so I don't get disappointed. Like, I do not want to be disappointed, and I don't want to think I'm already going to go in being disappointed. Joker, I'm Joker's, it a the, Joker's the only one that doesn't have a trailer on this list. That's true. And besides... um. Uh, I guess you would say. I guess besides, like Far From Home, and and, and um, Endgame, it it has shoes to fill. Like mm-hmm. there's no Captain Marvel one to be like, well, the first one was better. Mm-hmm. If Far From Home was bad, you could just be like, Homecoming was better. If um, 
Endgame's bad, you could just be like, Infinity War's better. But if Joker's bad, it becomes Ledger was just better. You know what I'm saying? It just becomes... Dark Knight's a yeah. better Joker movie. Screw making a single Joker movie. Just watch Dark Knight. I'm really hoping it can stand on its own. That's all, that's all I want for that. I, you know, at this point, I, 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 it's about the writing for me. I can trust Joaquin Phoenix. I just hope that he's given good dialogue. I hope he's given a good director to play off of. Because, like, Nolan and Ledger played off each other very well. Yeah. To the point of a lot of Ledger's improv scenes, Nolan left in there. And because he thought it was fantastic. He gave... Ledger so much creative control behind Joker that I hope Joaquin Phoenix can really shine here. And Joaquin's a superstar. Like mm-hmm. I trust the guy. I trust no, his I trust deranged, his deranged nature. Only Joaquin Phoenix can fall in love with Siri. That's right. Make it a movie. Yeah. Wasn't Siri <laughs> Scarlett Johansson? Yes. Miss Black Widow had a past life that no one knows about. Well, speaking of past life, let's throw the past away. Burn it if you have to. Wow. You like that, right? You like how it's done in there? Ah, uh, yeah, I try. But we, um, yeah, we're done with 2008. We're looking into the future. Let's see what the click has voted as the most anticipated movie of 2019. Uh-oh. I'll just rip this. Whoa. Open, and the answer is... Avengers Endgame, Avengers That's 4. Five, five there you go. nominations. Thanos has won five awards today. <laughs> Somebody give fantastic. it to him, whatever planet he's oh on. Smiling. Oh, no, let's not give it to him. Let's just mail it. Tell him, I, put his clothes back on. Get his clothes off of that scarecrow thing. Scarecrow. Put his clothes back on and come accept this award. Uh, I'm pretty sure he'll accept it in a snap. But He's oh just going to open a portal, the, time, the, the space stone and everything. Endgame, man. I Endgame feels to me... Like, after Endgame, I can stop watching movies. Like, I can I like my movies. Yeah, I but, think I can stop watching comic book movies. But have you ever... While. Do you have any other decade-long, right. episodic movie if they chose, if they story chose, for me? If they chose to Star call Wars. it quits, if they chose to call it quits, it wouldn't still, bother you that like, much. There's a lot of hatred between behind the new Star Wars, Last Jedi, Solo, Force, uh, Force Awakens. All right, but put those three, and then already the bad taste people have about the three prequels. That's like six out of know, nine like, like, bad I mean, like, movies. I, I personally, I, I know what you're saying. Like critically wise, yeah. MCU has has just been killing it every year. They're killing it with these movies. But a few yeah. bad movies, but not enough to like say MCU is bad. Yeah. I understand where it's with Star Wars. It's it's only right. the original trilogies is what's good. Everything else is a bad. few blemishes. But people like, and I know people like uh, Revenge of the Sith. Like I, right. I, I, I find Star Wars to be all around the good, but. Infinity War is. I was not ready for it. Endgame. I'm not ready for. End, I'm really not ready for Endgame. It's so. I just want. Like I said, I, I'm ready for my heroes to avenge. win. They're gonna yeah, finally I'm where, be I'm, the Avengers. I'm ready for the Earth. the avenging. They're gonna avenge humanity. They're gonna avenge existence. I'm so ready to just. They need to win. They need to win bad. Yeah. They need to get on the same page because, like I said, last time I saw Cap was in Civil War and he didn't really win that. You know, he got he survived that and then he survived no, he the snap. That. And it's time for him to win. I'm uh, no more surviving cap. Call up Tony. Tony. Oh, I don't know if that phone works in space. I know he floated sure around. Sure doesn't. In space. Oh, Hulk got the phone. Sure, don't you remember? Sure it doesn't. He lost. Oh, Hulk he, does have the phone. He lost the phone on the street. Yeah, he did drop the phone. That's how he got to Wakanda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah that actually all makes sense. Wow, you're you're almost good at this, Dan. It's, like, it's almost like you have a podcast. Like Twenty <laughs> times. Oh my God! But yes, the dust has settled. Thanos has five of these awards. Miles Morales has one, and uh, we got one for my man Double D Daredevil. But those are the winners of these of these awards. Anything surprise you guys? Anything? Uh... Um, I'm very satisfied that my man Miles 
got one I'm really glad with everyone that won because I feel like everybody that won deserved to win the category they were nominated for. Like Daredevil deserved to win best season of a best TV show because of all the already pre-established TV shows we have in the Arrowverse and on the CW, Daredevil managed to be the best of all of them. Yeah, it did. It and, killed it. And you can't really like fault the newcomers that didn't do better than Daredevil because you know they're newcomers. But as far as like that, Daredevil killed its third season. So I'm glad it won. I'm glad Miles won. And, and a lot and a lot of work went into Infinity War, man. And it it shows and it shows that the fans appreciated it because that thing. Woo, clear the house. What's also pretty cool is I think every single thing that we have uh, covered here today is covered by the Major Issues Podcast. I think we have an episode on almost every single movie that's been nominated, yeah. every single show. You, you covered uh, Venom, you covered Aquaman, you covered Black Panther, Infinity War. Mm-hmm. So you, did you cover... Uh, Spider-Verse. You covered Spider-Verse. Okay, so you, never, yeah. you have everything. Yeah, uh, all the villains, you can hear us talk about those, all the TV shows. All that stuff, wherever podcasts are found, because the Major Issues is available wherever podcasts are found. Go to Google, type in the Major Issues podcast. We'll be the first ones to pop right up. But if you want to use any one of the given apps, Stitcher, Podbean, Podcast Addict, Apple uh, iPod, Apple iPod, Apple Podcasts, every iPhone already has a podcast app pre-installed. Just type in Major Issues podcast and you'll get us. Guys, there's uh, no excuse. Just do it. We're on YouTube. Yeah, we're oh, on we're on YouTube. We're on Spotify. Loaded to YouTube, so YouTube, Spotify, wherever you're listening to stuff. Trust me, we're on it. Just look for us, and we have a humongous library of past episodes. We just uh, reached our uh, year mark not too long ago, and we're hoping to put another ten years on that we're dial. Like, we're on like our sixtieth week so far, right? Yeah, this is episode fifty nine. Yep, then we're on our sixtieth week, guys. Like, yeah. wow, this is. And it's all thanks so to surreal. you guys. Yeah, thank you to every fan that listens. All the climbs that we've been through, it's because you guys keep coming back to hearing our shows. Especially this particular episode in which every one of the winners was voted by The Click. You guys out there getting on Facebook.com slash comic book click. Getting on Instagram at comic book click. Using the hashtag comic book click to talk about all the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. You guys have pushed this little wagon across the finish line. We... we, we we just told you guys what uh, you guys got your voices heard yeah, so if with you, your voice. Exactly. If you votes. ever think that, oh, I don't think they're reading our, our emails. Oh, I don't think they're that you're going to listen to us. Guys, we didn't pick these winners. Yep, this is all you, you picked these winners. Yes. All we, you. We, we're, just, we're just giving it back. We're reading who you, the fans, chose. I actually had a really, really good and fun uh, Facebook Live uh, last week. I guess in between these two weeks yes. uh, of these podcasts. We chopped it up about the Spider-Man trailer. And I think uh, hopefully we'll be getting into more of that soon. Um, so people can organically uh, get back at us and ask us questions and stuff. Because I know sometimes writing an email is a little bit scary. Mm-hmm. But I, w- I want to be accessible to our fan base because our fan base is awesome. They all love all this stuff and they're as excited for it as we are. So I'm just trying to do our best to connect. And one of the things we have to do is make sure that we have the best show about comic books and comic book media. And I've been to the future and Major Issues is that. Follow me at Major Issues CBC, and that's where I deal with a lot of our news uh gossip and memes some of the silliest memes you'll see on the internet (laughs) are part of comic book click and i take much pride in that um so yeah follow us like us uh leave us a review on itunes when you get a chance it's the quickest way for us to grow as podcasters and it's the quickest way for us to grow our audience because if they see that we're a uh, five-star let's say podcast they'll go ahead and sign up to see what all the hubba beloved is about and it's all happening right here on the Major Issues Podcast. So thank you guys so much for your continued support. Thank you for listening and keep on listening because we are, we, well, we ain't stopping. My no, this, name... train, this train just started moving. Like, we, we're, we're here for the long haul, guys. So thank you. 
once again, all you beautiful fans Making out us there. worthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, are, you are the ones that make us feel like we're worthy, even though you are worthy. My name is George Serrano, a.k.a. The Don. I am your cloud is Maximus. I am Groot. Groot <laughs> and this has been the uh, Comic Book Click Best of 2018 Awards. And remember, whether or not you're scared of taking that leap of faith, whether you were bitten by a radioactive spider or just taking a little bit of nightshade, whether you feel the need for vengeance or just the need for justice, and whether the snap has taken half of the people that you love, you're still around. If you're listening to this, you're the half that made it. You're with Ooh, us. Uh, and guess what that means? That means that we are the click and you, yes, you are worthy. Right.